0: On today's episode of Hit the Books podcast, we talk about Jim Lee attempting to save the comic book industry one sketch at a time.
1: What a hero.
0: And then we talk about some uh, titles that probably aren't coming to
1: your local comic book shops this
0: week, sadly.
1: No matter how much we want to support them, it it is very understandable if you can't given current events. Stay tuned.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery
1: Saunders. And
0: we are here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unaware, this is your weekly comic book podcast where Emery and I, and perhaps a guest, run you through the latest news, the new releases coming to your local comic book
1: shops. Again, please... Even in these trying times, however you can, please support your local comic book shops.
0: And discuss a topic about the world of comic books for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe and rate well elsewhere. It really, really, really helps us out. And of course, if you are so kind, you can also choose to support us on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash hit the books. Uh, again, thank you to all past and present contributors to our Patreon. It really does help us keep the lights on uh, while we're still working quite <laughs> at quite a deficit uh, financially
1: b- because it's a passion project. But Everyone's falling on hard times.
0: But that being said, uh, the contributions do go a long way towards uh, helping th- keep things consistent and supplementing uh, at least some of the uh, cost of ownership for us some
1: at least for the time being
0: but of course if you want to be a nasty freeloader you're welcome to we appreciate your viewership (laughs) and listenership nonetheless just please give us a little thumbs up or maybe suggest to your friends or spread the news whatever you so choose we'd be very 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 grateful uh if you could just take a moment and do so it really 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 helps us out or Uh, even leave a comment below Yep. Any kind of contribution is more than welcome, and we're pretty good about responding on our social medias and uh, in the comment section. If you do choose to uh, participate in the discussion or uh, submit questions, we have had quite a few uh, readers submitted questions for the topic of the show at the end of the show, of course. All right. I think that's everything. Nope. Remember, you can find us on YouTube, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Podbean, and several other streaming services of your choice. Just go out there. Find us. We're there. Hit the Books Podcast. Everywhere.
1: Every, everywhere but SoundCloud.
0: Except SoundCloud, because fuck SoundCloud. Yeah. Th- it's I a terrible know. streaming service. It's yeah. Just
1: awful. I don't know why RSS doesn't work with them, but it, it just doesn't.
0: So we're not going to do it. So. Yeah. Uh, SoundCloud's not an option. Sorry. All right, let's get into the show. Emery, have you been reading, watching, playing anything?
1: As a matter of fact, I did actually watch something within, like, actually last night. Um, on Netflix, there is a little show called Lock and Key. A book that you have been a huge proponent of uh, getting people out there and trying to read this book.
2: Yep,
0: absolutely love it. It's such a good book. If you haven't read Lock and Key, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go out, pick a volume up. I'm sure it's on Comixology. I'm sure it's on other digital streaming services. Go, Go read it. You owe it to yourself.
1: And I am here to say, at least in Netflix show form... I'm intrigued. This actually makes me want to read a book. <gasps> Good.
0: As everybody should.
1: Go. now. now the uh, Go now. <laughs> read it now.
0: Oh. It, it, Do it. You're
1: right here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know,
0: <laughs> st- stay till the end of the podcast and then go.
1: Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, not to give too much away about the premise of the show, but well, it's about a family that moves into a peculiar house that has a various and sundry number of keys that uh, these family members tend to find strewn somewhere about the house yep. if they're if they're looking for them. Mhm and let's just say there's uh, something special about each and every one of these keys and the family in question is not the only interested party when it comes to these keys Mm -hmm.
0: yeah there's a lot that goes into it I don't want to spoil anything so you know if you want to just watch the show by all means but I highly, 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 highly recommend you go read the the comic book version of it first, and then jump into the show. I haven't watched the show yet, but they've already confirmed it's uh, going for a season two. So that has already been confirmed. You know. don't have to worry about it being discontinued because you didn't watch the first season right away, <laughs> which is always a good thing because then yeah. you can take your time. Yeah. Uh, so definitely go back and read the source material. Uh, it's you know it was a long run, it was a good run, but. Uh, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. They have it on Comixology Unlimited. If you're have, if you subscribed to that service, you can obviously get it on digital platforms uh, while we're in this quarantine period where most uh, retailers are unfortunately not able to sell it to you. Obviously, if you can get it physically and you want to get it physically and support your local comic book shops, please do so. Uh, but yeah, highly, highly recommend it. The book is great. I've heard a lot of good things about the show from both Emery and uh, one of our contributors, Heather Reap, who is uh, s- give it uh, a lot of praise in the past, so I still need to check it out myself. But uh, yeah, glad to hear that. Glad they did a d- good interpretation, especially since Hulu dropped it. Oh, they, they actually made the pilot for Hulu, and then Hulu decided to, to drop the project, and
1: Netflix scooped it up and ran with it. So I <laughs> guess it worked out pretty well. Uh, yeah, I- I'm assuming that this is going to be the year of hindsight for. A lot of lot of companies, at the very least, yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised, um,
0: kind of surprised at how little promotion they gave Lock and Key though, because I feel like it has a lot of potential to be a big budget thing. You know, they poured a ton of you know advertisement and support for the witcher as you would expect and for stuff like tiger king <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't get me started on tiger king my but i
0: I, I feel like they really didn't give Lock and key a chance but it still somehow found a good audience and just on its own merit alone yeah that, that's the top
1: so that's that's a good sign I, i'm looking forward to that success story because from the one episode that i've watched there's a lot of merit to go around
0: yeah Anything else you've been diving into? Comics, video games, movies, uh, TV shows, anything recent? Mm. Again, we're in quarantine. We're working a lot, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I literally tore down my work area so <laughs> that we could produce our studio, and it's yeah. now past 9 o'clock, so <laughs> we're starting pretty late.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, when it comes to like any other potentially uh, comic book-related media, uh, I haven't really been diving into much, honestly.
0: All right, well, uh, this was, despite uh, being busy and messing around with the studio and trying to figure things out uh, logistically, uh, I actually had a pretty productive comic book week. Which oh. is, it's been a while. You know, the last comic book week that I had like a really a good amount of reading was probably season two of the show, which is you know year plus or whatever. Yeah. Um. So, it felt good. It felt good to dive in and read a lot. So, basically, I finally fulfilled my promise of reading a bunch of the AWA comics, which is the, the new comic book producer, uh, uh, publisher, artists, artists, writers, and, and artisans. artisans. Yeah. yeah. Remembered the full name this time. So, yeah. <laughs> good job, me. <laughs> Give myself a little pat on the back. And speaking of AWA, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, two episodes ago, uh, we awarded the prestigious nay, life-changing award of cover of the week to carrie andrews for yeah. his year zero cover uh for issue number one there and he actually left a very kind uh note on the the page channel uh the day of so thank you carrie for reaching out and commenting it's very kind of you um and he talked about uh you know Uh, Obviously, the great honor
1: (laughs) 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 of winning the prestigious Nate Life Changing Award of Cover of the Week from Hit the Books Podcast. He was a very (laughs) gracious recipient of that award. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Uh,
0: Obviously, we're big fans of Kerry Andrew. He's won multiple times. This isn't the first time. Mm. Uh, But he has a really, really cool uh, kind of uh, drawing instruction channel and draw-along channel on youtube that i highly 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 recommend you go check out it's under his name carrie andrew uh i think it's carrie andrews draws let me just double check that real quick to make sure i get that right don't do him a disservice you know he didn't pay for this or anything like that it's just uh he was very kind and i went and checked out his channel and it's it's very very good so yeah this is
1: this is a shout out not a shill (laughs) it's purely a shout out (laughs)
0: uh so yeah definitely go and check that out uh yeah it's under if you search carrie andrews he pops up right right away um and the 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 show itself is called making comics hashtag with me so definitely go check that out if you so choose uh we subscribed of course uh very cool channel learn to draw i i definitely need to learn to draw better um but uh just wanted to give him a quick shout out before we jump into what i've been reading from awa Because uh, that was very kind, and it was heartwarming, and it made me feel all good and tingly inside. All right, so uh, I'm just bringing up straight from the website. Uh, I actually, I actually did something bad (laughs) in the way I did this because.
1: What did you do? Well,
0: you know, we're supposed to review the comic covers. um, You know, for the our our segment, did the content match the drapes? Yeah. And and of course, the one book I forgot to read. (laughs) (laughs) was year zero number one. And I didn't realize it till like fifteen minutes before we started the show. So it was obviously too late at that point. Oof. So I apologize, (laughs) Carrie. Uh I gave you a shout out there. But unfortunately I didn't read uh the first issue of year one yet I read several of the other books (laughs) from AWA. So I'm sorry. I will read it after Uh, this episode is recorded. And I will put it on did the content match the drapes next week. So look forward to that.
1: Yeah, we are we are going to get to it. <laughs> yeah, so sorry about that.
0: So again, basically all I did is I went to the website for AWA, um, which is awastudios.net, and uh, went ahead and started clicking on the titles and then going to Comixology and reading them on there. Um, the first one I read was Archangel 8, um, which we kind of joked about a little bit. Uh, just because they had the Archangel solicitations eight, for...
1: number 2. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's always confusing when the last part of the title is a number, and then it's followed by an, <laughs> the actual <laughs> issue number. Um, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a problem for long, because each issue is labeled um, something number of five. So there's only going to be five issues. Mm. And I think that's a mistake. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Because oh. this book... Is fucking awesome.
1: Word? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, the the covers are awesome in and of themselves and definitely are worthy of being covers of the week. And they were in contention for sure. Um, this is like, if you combined... If you combined The Punisher with Constantine, it has... Very cool vibes, basically everything I want <laughs> 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 from uh, an aesthetic point of view. And of course, you know I'm an ex infantryman. I'm a you know a former sniper, so I I like seeing the aesthetics. How everybody's it's very militarily competent <laughs> and the designs, which Interesting. is usually not the case. <laughs> um, it's just awesome. It's awesome. It's I only again. I only read the first issue so far, but it was fucking awesome. The artwork was very cool, very aesthetic. You have stuff happening at at the end of the issue. I felt like I had read like I don't know, like half of a run <laughs> of a a normal comic. So I felt I felt even though it was the length of a typical book, it w- it was content dense, and um, it's set up for a very cool and intriguing story, and definitely piqued my interest for what's to come in the future of this book. Um, kind of, the last, I, I did want to say one thing the last panel, it kind of gave me some dogma vibes from the Kevin Smith movie. Oh, God, <laughs> in a good way. I okay, mean that, I mean that okay. in a complimentary way because dogma <laughs> is my favorite Kevin Smith movie, but uh yeah i just wanted to give that book a shout out uh the writer on is michael maureshi and the artist is cp smith so um if you are able to please go out and support these artists writers and artisans because this is a great start for this book i'll just go ahead and read the description real quick in a world beyond the sights of mortals heaven and hell wage an eternal war for the soul of mankind principle among god's legion are seven archangels written about in religious texts for millennia but there is an eighth archangel known only for passing illusions in apocrypha who operates under a different code fighting without god's sanction he faces the enemy on his own terms and shows just how bad good can be so
1: sets up very well um this sounds like the kind of thing that belongs in it's like, imagine the Boondock Saints, that universe having its own like comic book that exists within it. This is the kind of thing that I would almost expect those two Irish brothers who go about <laughs> killing people. This is the kind of thing that I would expect those characters to read.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. So, yeah. again, it's like dogma constantine and the punisher all wrapped in the one then the eight it, as much as we were goofing about it the eight is actually very relevant
1: oh as, as
0: stated there yeah. there's an eighth archangel he, He's the uh, eighth. and there's a lot of eight imagery uh, in the initial issue so highly recommend you go pick that book up and support those uh, artists and writers because that was a great title and really, I want to say of all the titles I read, there really wasn't a week one. But I be- before I go into the the other ones I read, mm-hmm. AWA is putting out books. At least for the number ones, you know, you can always be kind of you know misled by number ones. Yeah. But at least for the number ones, these books are giving me everything I feel Image has not been giving me this past year oh so if you've been watching the show for a while we're obviously huge fans of image and image comics and we're often very complimentary of them and how they allow creators to go out on a limb and create very high quality stuff uh with their own vision and very concentrated storylines that aren't too convoluted and trying to dip in various forms of canon now there's exceptions you know with the the long running series a little bit but it's not nowhere near the marvel dc you know stereotypical issues with canon being used conveniently here and there and then forgotten <laughs> about in other cases and right uh, so we've been very complimentary of image and for good reason but i f- personally i don't know how you feel but i feel like this this past we <coughs> excuse me i feel like this past year image has been very disappointing. Just it hasn't it hasn't held a candle to what it's previously re- released, and maybe it's just a down year, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, but I think there are uh, a lot of a lot of titles that, uh, in some cases, to the benefit, but most recently, I would say, kind of to its detriment. These are uh, books that, uh, let's just say that you have things like Spawn. You have things like The Walking Dead, and then you have books that, I mean, for lack of a better way of saying this, uh, they don't really justify the graphic part of the graphic novel. These are things that could have just been books that people just could have read. and Yeah, there's a
0: lot of that, too. Yeah, I, f- I feel like... Art has been taking a backseat in a lot of these books. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing, because that's the exact opposite of what I expect from Image. Right.
1: This is a um, like the comic book medium is supposed to be one part good writing, or at least passable writing. Yeah. And then the other part, I'd say the 60 to the writing's 40, supposed to be amazing art that not only pops off the page, but does a good enough job to go along with the very reason why we have a section called, not only does the content match the drapes, but the prestigious, nay life-changing, award of cover and variant cover of the week. The point of the cover is to sell the book. And I feel as though Image has kind of lost something over like the last year or so yeah and just bouncing right off of that point
0: awa seems to have the perfect blend of both much like image usually did in the past so yeah i kind of wonder how much talent got pilfered (laughs) uh in this personal endeavor to create an independent much more affordable for retailer uh published branch um but it's great. It's All all of these books I'm talking about, I liked. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> you know, I liked others more than uh, some, but I liked them all. There wasn't a bad one in the bunch of the ones that I read so far. And the art was excellent to outstanding in each title. Not just the cover art, but the illustration as well. So, that's a really hard thing to achieve. And I think they really blew it out of the, the, the park here with uh, these first few issues.
1: That is... High praise. Yeah, I highly recommend
0: you go out <laughs> pick up some of these AWA books. There's been a, a lot of other smaller brands that have launched in recent years, like Scout. and uh, Scout's probably the, the biggest one I can think of off the
1: top of my head.
0: Uh, what was it? Scout, uh, Titan. F- not Forge.
1: Lion Forge.
0: Lion Forge is a little it's newer, but it's. What's the other one I'm thinking of?
1: Aftershock. Aftershock's the mm, one I'm thinking of.
0: That's uh, the one. They've been around a little while, but. Uh, these are you know independent publishers that became a little bit bigger and got a little bit more namesake but never quite really got a strong start i feel like awa has a really strong start and i it sucks that they started right when this quarantine (laughs) stuff is happening because (laughs) i feel like their books deserve to be out on the shelves more than anybody's right now Mm. it's just excellent stuff so uh moving on to the second book i read from them This book is called Hotel, spelled H-O-T-E-L-L. And then in the the actual title, it makes it look like a motel sign, you know, the neon, where the neon's blown out, so it just spells hell.
1: Mm, (laughs) Interesting.
0: And this book uh, was very reminiscent of the Hungry Ghost book that we talked about last week, which is a book by Anthony Bourdain. Um, I I thought there might be some artistic... um, proximity here but it doesn't seem like the the artist or the writer worked on hungry ghosts i might be mistaken but hmm. uh, even though they're very similar in vibe and uh, art aesthetic they're actually n- not related at all it doesn't seem like but this book is written by john lees and the artist is Dalibor talijic so hopefully i pronounced that right i apologize if i didn't um But it seems like this is circulating around this mysterious motel off of Route 66, which, you know, anybody familiar with Route 66? It was a very, very famous tourist highway, which had a bunch of tourist traps and all sorts of things because it was the primary route to get to California and Las Vegas and all these you know famous cities. Uh, Now it's not really used anymore. So it's basically kind of died. People are flying a lot more, that sort of thing.
1: It's a ghost road.
0: Uh, so, a lot of those kind of <laughs> ramshackle, tourist trappy businesses and motels and whatnot are, you know, much less influential than uh, they used to be in American culture, I'm sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so, I'll go ahead and read the description before I get into it. So, you won't find it on any map, but if you happen to be driving down Route 66 late at night, you're truly desperate for shelter, sanctuary, or secrecy. You might see a battered sign on the side of the road. The Perry courts hotel where many check in but few check out the woman whose unborn child urges her to do terrible terrible things the man who can't get rid of his wife no matter how many times he chops her bodies into pieces the failed priest performing a desperate exorcism on a kidnapped boy the investigative journalist on the trail of a serial killer who discovers a terrible secret in the cross space between the hotel walls these are but a few of Perier. excuse me perrier courts hotels guests and all of them will wish they had kept driving so it just kind of gives you a little bite-sized piece of each of the stories that i assume are coming up here um again much like hunger ghosts it seems like each individual issue is not really necessarily connected by much beyond the locale right (laughs) it seems that everything's going to be kind of like a horror-based short story um i don't think this one was numbered uh out of anything i might nope it's out of four so Hmm. it looks like it's only going to be a four issue series uh again i think this is a mistake for all these issues i kind of wish they weren't saying it's going to be out of blah 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 issues because it doesn't leave the door open for more storytelling (laughs) if it's a hit and you like writing it you know again we talk about this all the time if you have an idea for a story, a coherent story, by all means, set it all up, do all the work ahead of time, and then
1: then release, release it. Chop yeah. it
0: into six issues, eight issues, what, however many issues it's capable of being without stretching too thin and having bullshit filler. And release it and then work on your next project while that is in release and going month to month to month. The, I think the problem with all these issues being like four or five issues long is you don't really have that long to work on the next title if it is a success and you, and you feel there's a story there to tell you know to yeah. expand it further uh, and you definitely can't keep a, an ongoing series when you already put a final issue on it so I kind of feel like for a new business this is a bad idea because I Archangel Eight by itself could easily be a huge book. And I can see how you could just keep making stories with it. Uh, depending on what direction this goes, you know, maybe it's a very final ending, but I don't know, man. I just, <laughs> I just feel like for such a new company, you'd think you'd want something that's going to be there in the future that fans can count on
1: and come it's back to. It's like a consistent book to come out. Very strange to be encountering a comic book company that has a series of products where we are. Instead of saying, like, hey, you guys should know when to quit. Oh, my God, why is this going on for this long? We're saying, why are you already, like, announcing where this is going to stop? Like, yeah. we, we, we don't even know how much more of this we want. And so far, it looks like we want probably more than you've already let on. This is...
0: Yeah, I think I just, uh, you know... I get it. You're, you you do not have the name recognition necessarily just yet. You're obviously releasing right at the, probably the worst time in <laughs> recent memory. Yeah. You know, because nobody's able to purchase your books off the shelves. They're relying exclusively on digital um, interfaces in order to get your books at the moment. But I mean, as soon as the comic shops open again, I'm going out and collecting all of these number ones. Cause I think at least some of them are going to have some good value. And yep. I, I want them just for my personal use as well. Like it's I might buy two copies of the first ones of each one just so I have a reading copy and a collectible copy. Yeah. I mean it's 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 great.
1: Uh, okay, I just have to say this. Archangel 8. <laughs> the balls you got to have to put at the bottom of the the page the words even God needs plausible deniability. How fucking bold. Fuck yeah. So metal. (laughs) Let's fucking do it. Uh, Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Oh man. Very, very good. Uh, Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me up for every one of these. Uh,
0: So back to Hotel. Uh, Again, just kind of like bite sized horror stories. It's fun. I, you know, it didn't blow my mind in any way, shape, or form. The art, you know, it's good. Uh, I wouldn't say nearly as great as some of the other books uh, that I read, but still very good, very solid. Uh, definitely nothing to, uh, you know, get upset about. They do have little bite-sized pieces on their website if you want to get, like, a little snippet of mm, the first it. issue. They mm. have, quote-unquote, episodes, which are just basically just sections of the first issue. Mm, catch um, a taste and if you need that taste you know fine but again these comics (laughs) you know the 30 pages yeah (laughs) if you want to read it just buy the first issue it's probably i don't know i can't remember what i paid for it but uh probably like four bucks but you know it's worth it it's very very good uh of all of them this is probably the one i'd recommend the least at least for the first issue because i feel like there's going to be some issues of this book that are going to be better than others just because they are such independent stories, it seems like. And the first one was good, not great. Um, so, you know. I kind of feel like this book might be better served as a show. I it see definitely it being looks... Being as like an adult Goosebumps type of thing. Oh, <laughs> you
1: know? oh yeah. like this, this should be an HBO series.
0: Yeah, and one warning out there, a lot of these books are mature so there there's mature imagery there's gore that's you know very intense gore there's uh you know one or two not necessarily sexual panels but panels of nudity and stuff like that so uh did want to warn you this isn't for you know little billy and his eight-year-old friends uh <laughs>
1: not for not for kids
0: to go read this is definitely for teenagers and you know adults Uh, i would probably even then skewed more towards the adults
1: yeah it's uh rated r or uh depending maybe even nc-17 yeah
0: but hotel i still recommend it very much very good title really enjoyed it um next up uh i read the first issue of the resistance again from awa um this book uh This book has probably the worst timing of any book ever (laughs) because the entire first issue is about a virus that has spread across the world and has a 95% fatality rate and is absolutely decimating the planet and the population of the planet. Basically it causes your body to attack itself and liquefies your organs and you'd most likely die.
1: I've read The Stand. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh,
0: unfortunately, this book is being released uh, during a very, very <laughs> uh, perilous time for disease and fear of disease. So, yeah, it's very on point. If you are the type of person that goes on Netflix and must watch Contagion because of the situation right now, this might be the book for you. Um uh, I, I
1: I do have to say this, whoever the artist is really knows how to capture famous people faces, because I swear to God, that has got to be Harvey Keitel in that suit. Oh
0: yeah, there's a lot of famous people faces in this book. <laughs> I don't know if they know. <laughs> I don't know if they uh, authorize their faces to be used. I, I mean, that's clearly Sean Penn in the background there. Uh, the okay. we're looking at. Was
1: like, I was going to say either Sean Penn or Harvey Keitel. That yeah. like, <laughs> that, and even those two people have kind of the same face.
0: Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> to each their own, I suppose. But the art is very good, so... Yeah, and, uh, uh, what's his name? Whether they're West using World. real people's faces or not, they eh, probably are. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's drawn very well. So it,
1: it's it is drawn very very well. You can't begrudge him too much. Um, so it just they picked a hell of a time to release this story from J. Michael Straczynski. Oh yeah, this is a veteran. Yeah, so. <laughs>
0: So, the writer is J. Michael Straczynski, and the artist is Mike Diodato Jr., uh, who's done a lot of DC work, I know. Um, So, here's the synopsis a global disaster leaves hundreds of millions dead in its wake shortly after a few thousand suddenly manifest superhuman powers born under a cloud these reborn humans must discover who they are why they possess such great powers and what if any responsibility they bear for the tragedy are they the harbingers (laughs) of more tragedy to come or earth's last hope so the whole superpowers thing in the synopsis you don't even get a hint of that until the very, very end of uh. the first issue. So, I I didn't read the synopsis first. I just jumped right into it. And I got through the whole issue. I was like, oh, this is pretty intense. And, I mean, they're showing crazy shit happening. And there is a panel. I'm going to post it on here. Hopefully, they forgive me for posting this panel. But it is on your website. So, yeah. <laughs> it is free. It's not that, yep, there's a pay barrier there. But um the i think it's the second page and it shows like different parts of society reacting to the virus the first one is like uh officials denying it the second panel is you know i'm pulling out of my ass right here the memory the second one's like uh televangelist pastor saying it's God's punishment for sinners and gays and whatever else. and then the Classic next, stand. And then the, the next panel is like a conspiracy theorist saying it's the 5G towers and blah blah blah. Again, I don't remember if these are verbatim, but it's that general thing for each of the panels. Right. Uh, everything you would stereotypically think, and literally everything on that page has happened. <laughs> for a disease that is far far less deadly
2: oh my god
0: (laughs) so and you know this was done ahead of time this was not just thrown out there i mean the second issue is coming out this week so
1: this man literally predicts the future
0: yeah so all of the (laughs) all the stuff that is in this book literally happened (laughs) in recent memory like literally blaming
1: it on the 5g
0: and it's literally happening like every day (laughs) (laughs) so i thought that was hilarious that they were so spot on just before this whole quarantine started (laughs) because everything that happened was accurate
1: it's like how is it that not only is straczynski that spot on how is it that we as humans are this fucking predictable? <laughs>
0: yeah. So I thought that was really funny. And so, again, if you're watching the YouTube channel, I posted it on the green screen uh, just because I <laughs> I couldn't help but take a, a screenshot of that because it was just so perfect for what we're going through <laughs> right now. I, I don't know if maybe they saw something from like January and decided to copy it or what, but it was spot on it was exactly what we're dealing with on a daily basis (laughs) from you know television personalities and all this stuff just really funny really spot on uh but then at the end um uh, you know again this is a it looks like it's going to be a six issue run so again pretty short run maybe not the, the shortest but uh there's an end game here Of course. you know Apparently, they're not going to keep it as an ongoing series. But there's nothing alluding to superpowers until the very, very end. And even then, it's kind of vague. And you you don't really get...
1: The end of the first issue. The end
0: of the first issue. Yeah. So, I don't know where it's going to go from here. Because I was really enjoying the entirety of the first issue. Mm -hmm. But now, it looks like it's going to be a completely different thing than what I originally thought it was going to be. Which is, you know, an apocalyptic... Type of you know, holy shit! You know we can't stop this thing. What are we gonna do? Type of book. Now it's just random superheroes. It's kind of like uh, Infamous. Kind of remind how Infamous has the big disaster and then yeah, random out people of, get yeah out of the disaster.
1: Of people get empowered. That's yeah, the that, basic premise. Yeah, that's. I mean, I could see something like a, a mix of the video game Inf- Infamous mixing in with the story of the stand and it being like a biological thing where it's like it's killing like a very 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 large percentage of the population but those who survive are somehow imbued with something it's almost like a uh what's it it's making me think of something but it's like what if a virus actually caused the X-Men as opposed to something like a virus trying to kill the X-Men. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, maybe not the most original idea, but it's cool. And the yeah. and the way the execution is what matters here. The, the writing is very, very good. The artwork is very, very good, even if they may or may not be <laughs> borrowing faces of people that actually exist. Uh, so a lot to like there obviously talented writer and artist on there that have a good reputation so a lot of clout there behind it i'm really looking forward to reading the the future issues although i gotta kind of i have to kind of readjust my expectations because i didn't read the synopsis and i really enjoyed the first issue and didn't find out until the end what the synopsis was (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and that we were going in a totally different direction than i thought (laughs) so that's all uh but again very cool moments in it just like really shocking like wow that that actually feels like it could happen type of types of things um uh, especially right now issue. if you want to scare the shit out of yourself right now <laughs> with what could potentially happen if this virus escalates this is the book for you <laughs> so yeah, yeah uh oh my you've God. been warned but it's good it's very good uh the book i read after that and this is the last one i believe if my memory serves correct let me double check real quick uh, yeah this is the last one i read uh so year zero will be the next one again i apologize carrie andrews you did a wonderful cover that won an award and i screwed up and didn't read your title of all the new titles
1: now so. it, it should go uh without saying that uh, in reading all of these titles Kerry Andrews was the one that uh, had the cover that won.
0: It's true. Even though the other ones were very good.
1: Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh,
0: at least most of them. Uh, Red border, probably not as much, just because it's literally just a fence. <laughs> 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 so, you know, hard to win cover of the week when it's just a fence. Yeah. Uh, however, I will say that of the illustration on the inside, it's by far the best oh it's excellent illustration um so i'm kind of disappointed that the covers are so bland because i think it does a disservice to what's inside the book which is incredible well done intricate artwork uh very very you know easy to follow expressive illustration so that was kind of disappointing <laughs> <laughs> not that that the art's bad because it's not it's incredible but that the covers were so just blah they're just blah they're it, fine. It,
1: it doesn't sell it nearly as much as the interior deserves.
0: Yeah. So if you guys are watching and we hope you are because we want to support you of course and hopefully uh you can do likewise. Yep. But uh <laughs> no shame. You know. <laughs> we got to throw our punches when able. Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh our 55 viewers will appreciate it, I'm sure. Uh so <laughs> this book is written by Jason Starr and the artist is Will Conrad. Again, why they aren't using Will Conrad's illustration art on the covers, I will never understand because the covers are just eh, they're fine. They're yeah, they're fine. The, the meh. they're they're eh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but the writing inside is uh very cool. Um uh, specifically the character dialogue is pretty pretty well I, there's some moments where you're like would somebody really say that uh i don't know about that but overall the writing is cohesive it's easy to follow you understand what's going on which is the most important part uh and the story seems to be setting up for something very interesting which i am all about again short run apparently if only going to be four issues um but uh that is out there for you to read um, I think the, both the name and the aesthetic of the first issue, the cover specifically, not only do a disservice because they're boring, but because they imply the wrong thing.
1: Oh, so
0: when I again didn't read the synopsis ahead of time, and most people don't when they pick up number ones, they just see a cover or they see a company they want to support and or you know a creator they want to support, and they pick up the book. Yeah, well, uh, I picked up this book because I want to support AWA and see what they're all about. and I was under the impression just based on the name and the cover that this was gonna be some kind of, you know cold war era, you know, Russian, Eastern European-influenced-type story.
1: It being called Red Border.
0: It's called Red Border. It's a red cover with a red fence on it, which makes you think of maybe the Berlin Wall or something like that. Yeah. So I was thinking (laughs) communist era, Cold War era, you know, Red Scare type of story going in. Totally not what it's about at all. It's a modern story. Yep, I kind of figured. About the southern border of the United States. Of fucking
1: course it is. uh,
0: About uh, some folks who are running from the cartel because they crossed them. Uh, Again, I don't want to give away story beats because I want you to go pick up this book and read it. Mm -hmm. And they have to try to run away and try to cross the border in some way, shape, or form in order to get away from this cartel that's pursuing them and seemingly going to continue pursuing them into the future. Uh Uh-huh. Again, very strange that the cover is both boring, which you do not want on a number one, and gives the complete wrong impression about what the story is about. So uh Jason Starr, Will Conrad, the editors over at uh Artists, Writers and Artisans, maybe uh take note of this. It's <laughs> because I th- I think you guys did yourself a real disservice on th- this book. Because the writing's very good, the illustration is outstanding, but it's <laughs> it gives off the wrong impression and it certainly doesn't make a statement on the, the bookshelves. So just wanted to express that real quick before I read the synopsis here for you. Just, again, very, very good book. I am recommending it, but <laughs> the cover did not do any service to what is on the interior. The, the In this case, the drapes did not match the content. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe focus on that, on any future continuations of this title or any future books you do here for AWA. Um So here's the synopsis real quick. When a young middle-class Mexican couple targeted for death by the Juarez cartel flee across the border into Texas, they wander into a house of horrors beyond their wildest imagination. Rescued by a mysterious local who takes them (coughs) to safety of his family's ranch, the couple soon realize their hosts have more than just skeletons in their closet, and the army of assassins on their trail might be the least of their problems. So again i think the synopsis hurts the book and the reason i say this is because they're not even in texas yet at the end of the first issue they're they're at the border at the end of the first issue
1: so so
0: you, yeah you got to
1: there's at a least lot of get to the, like the next <laughs> issue before you get all the way into yeah. what i'm assuming is going to be Maybe vaguely, slightly reminiscent of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? So, the book is four issues.
2: (laughs)
0: And you already gave away the plot of the first two or three issues. Probably. (laughs) I'm guessing. You know? Uh, So, I... I just don't under- I think you should have shown a little bit more restraint. It's not a bad write up or anything again, the quality is not the issue it's the, <laughs> the organization right or why why would you give away everything in that synopsis for a four issue series you know, and the first book doesn't even get halfway through the synopsis you know, yeah, just set up the premise, just set up the premise you know say hey, because of blah 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 events you know, uh, Mexican couple have to flee to the border and then what awaits them, who knows, blah, blah, blah. You know, some kind of vague thing that doesn't give away everything. Yeah, it because should, it should the, be uh,
1: something that establishes and maybe hints at things that happen only in the first book.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm going to give it away because they already gave it away. So <laughs> I don't feel guilty about it. But the the end of the first issue... You know, some of the cartel members catch up to them, capture them, and then they're saved by this blonde-haired white dude who's clearly an American Texan who's on the other side of the border, <laughs> looking for trouble a of some l- sort.
1: Little obvious,
0: and then offers to give them a ride, you know, into Texas or whatever. And so that alone, you know, sets up your premise. You, <laughs> But you gave it away that he's going to terrorize them in some way, shape or form, you know, whereas that could have been a big shocking surprise in the second issue or something, you know. Right. Now, obviously, there's there's foreshadowing there, you know, uh, and I, I didn't give everything away. So, again, please read the book. There's really cool events and really great quality storytelling and artwork. But it's like come on man (laughs) What? it's like having a movie trailer and spoiling every story beat of the movie in the trailer and spoiling every surprise in the trailer which they Uh, love doing
1: so (laughs) you mean just a common movie trailer yeah and then having
0: the worst possible title and (laughs) and and uh, you know cover art posters you know to kind of advertise with. they're just shooting themselves in the foot it's just yeah so i don't know uh maybe I'm just too jaded. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a cynical comic fan. And I I'm I mean I could I understand am
1: <laughs> I, I could understand from the perspective of this being a very new comic from a very new comic uh publishing company, like they're maybe might have been a bit overzealous with trying to hook potential readers. But something has or to be... underzealous s- with the cover. <laughs> or underzealous with the cover. Um, the synopsis almost seeming to maybe take up some of the slack of the kind of blandish cover of trying to hook potential readers. Um, I think there ought to be some mystery, at least a significant amount of mystery that, if well-written, should hook any and all potential readers into this book. Yeah. So, again, I don't want to beat
0: a dead horse here. They obviously are quality creators, both the artist and the writer, uh, Jason Starr and Will Conrad, but I don't know if it's an organizational issue. I don't know if they were the ones that, you know targeted this synopsis and this, you know, cover art. You know, it seems like they would be since they're kind of an independent, you know, new brand. But just just unforced errors, you know, that yeah. uh, that are probably going to hurt this book and it it, it, it it bothers me because I it is so good that I think people should pick it up and read it, but it, unless people hear the word of mouth, they're, you know, the synopsis is not helping the book because it tells the whole story already. Uh, right. you know, with the exception of what the final ending will be. And, you know, the the covers are completely misleading. You know, the name and the cover art itself for the first issue, completely misleading. So,
1: all right, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, I will say that um, were current events not getting to the degree that they have gotten to recently, I could easily forgive them going a bit far with the synopsis online under the idea that, well, people would normally be going to a comic book shop to pick up the comic book. Yeah. Given what current events are transpiring right now, it's very likely that anyone who would be interested in this would be getting this digitally online from this website and thus most likely coming across that synopsis that might be very well giving away future events that haven't even been committed to print yet.
0: Yeah. So again, highly recommend all of these books. Absolutely go out and support them uh, because they are putting out some very good, high-quality books that I think are absolutely worth buying, absolutely worth supporting, absolutely worth um, investing your money into. Especially once these comic shops open again and we are able to get those first issues. Absolutely go out and support this. AWA Comics, or AWA Studios, um, you can look at their website at awastudios.net. You can see kind of little clips of uh, our quote-unquote episodes of the first issues. Uh, If you want to get a little taste, they have a little uh, description of their new company and what their hopes and dreams uh, for the companies are. Again, go support them. Really cool. Really great start. Uh, really have high hopes for them. And I really hope that uh, this you know Upshot series of comic books really gets them a, a nice, sturdy foot uh, in the door of the comic book industry. And
1: maybe uh, gets a little market share of its own. Looking forward to being able to give our critique of Year Zero. Which... If any of the other books are any indication, uh, w-
0: I, I think it's going to be good. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's
1: most likely going to be good.
0: And again, Carrie Andrews, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Of all the new Upshot books, I could have skipped. I don't know why it was yours. <laughs> it was just the last one in alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah. So yep. I, I didn't get around to reading it. So I will read it after this episode. It will be on next episode. Uh, So, shout out to all those creators and uh, illustrators and artists and cover artists. For the most part, very, very, very good, high standard uh, comic books. And uh, the other comic book piece of content I dove into, uh, I finally took the time to finish the last issue of Batman Damned, also known as The Great Famous Bat Penis where we saw Bruce Wayne's penis for the first time until they censored it and then made that issue incredibly valuable before it was even released and then everybody jacked up the prices to 60-70 bucks for that first issue and everybody got screwed. So, quick Batman, cover your bat junk. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure those shops could use that money right now. So, you know, I don't begrudge them. Um uh, the third issue was as bad as if not worse than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) So the first issue, uh, we've talked about this in the past, so I'm kind of re-harping on old points if you've already watched the show before. The first issue of Batman Damned got all of the press and the hubbub and made, you know, all the, the news outlets because it was leaked before release by a reviewer that there was an exposed Bruce Wayne penis in one of the panels. (laughs) And at first I was like, okay, whatever, no big deal. You know, it's part of the black label book. So it's clearly for adults. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a story reason for why he's naked. Like, you know, it's supposed to be supernatural themed so I'm sure there's this panel where he's losing his mind and going crazy or whatever. And, you know, they're showing him naked in some neutral supernatural, you know, ethereal, you know, plane or something like that. These are things you were sure of. I, well, I was fucking hoping. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, read the first issue. None of that. <laughs> He just he gets back home and decides to get naked right there in the Batmobile and walk <laughs> across the Batcave completely naked, dick hanging out, and they show the dick for n- literally no reason. It's just there in the panel
1: for no goddamn reason. After decades of getting out of his car, walking over to the Batcomputer, fully clothed. Most likely with some kind of young ward in tow. <laughs> well, thankfully, the young ward does not show up in uh, these books. Thank oh, God. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. The questions that would have had to have been answered. Oh, my God. But no, this <laughs> entire book is just pointless. It's just, it was just an excuse to draw his dick.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and
0: to have Harley Quinn you know, almost rape him or... They implied did rape him. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like this book, a it's incredibly hard to follow what the fuck is going on because there's this third party narration that's jumping between John Constantine and <clears throat> minor spoiler uh, enchantress, but you you can't hear the voice, so you can't differentiate between who's narrating because it doesn't tell you. There's no like boxes telling you, you know, which character it is with colors or anything. It's just arts artistic scrawling narration across the page. It's very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the, aesthetically it's cool, but the art isn't even good. <laughs> the character art looks terrible, and the third issue is the worst. Oh my god. The finale <laughs> is where you would expect it to be at its best is the worst. Like there's characters that are drawn cross-eyed for no reason and just Terrible coloration and like the aesthetic is good, but everything in the aesthetic is bad. <laughs> so and it, the first, it's not like the, the entire run is like that. It's just the last issue is really bad. The second issue is getting kind of bad, and then the first issue is pretty good. Uh, it's just really disappointing. it's written by Brian Azzarello, uh, who is usually a pretty good writer, you know. Uh, I can't remember the illustrator's name off the top of my head. I apologize, but you probably don't want this on record. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just not good. The the
1: yeah, I remember uh, Azarello not... from uh, his work on the Joker, and I remember that being actually very, very well done. And and uh, at the very least, interesting, if for no other reason than. I didn't know we were going to be getting basically like their take on the character of Bob, the number one guy. (laughs) But that, that, well, he,
0: he, you know, spoiler alert for an old book. (laughs) Uh,
1: He doesn't stay the number one guy. Yet, nope, nope, not even a little bit, which. To the surprise of no one, if you're working for the Joker, you're probably n- not long for this world.
0: Yeah, I hope you have good life insurance, because uh, which begs the question: Why does
1: anybody work for him? <laughs> does, no, like, not... does anyone work for that version of the Joker because they believe in what he's doing? What is the mortality rate of
0: Joker henchmen? One hundred percent. I mean, it's all got, of them die. It's gotta be. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, Now, the art aesthetic is very similar. Yep. So that's why it looks the same. (laughs) So it's Lee Bermeo, who illustrated the Joker and also did uh, Batman Damned with Brian Azzarello. So clearly they like working together. So we solved that mystery. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Lee, first issue, looked very good. Second issue, looked a bit rushed, but still very good. Third issue, awful. Just did not look good. So that's... Again, I'm a fucking nobody in the middle of Ohio. Don't take it to heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really disappointed because, you know, aesthetic, the aesthetics of the book were what were keeping me invested because, unfortunately, again, apologies to Azarello, but it just wasn't good. It, it wasn't good writing. It wasn't good storytelling. It was impossible to follow. I mean, I had to reread pages several times over just to figure out what the fuck he was trying to communicate sometimes. Um, there's really... There's cameos in there that I get. You have creative license. Why not throw this character in in your own unique way? But they didn't serve the story, and it didn't. It wasn't good. <laughs> and like they have Edrigan make an appearance, but he's a fucking underground rapper,
1: and it's just, it's just stupid and nonsensical. Just, it's like I I get that Edrigan's whole deal is that, uh. He, yeah, he he turns into a a demon who rhymes. Just because he rhymes doesn't mean we have to turn him into like I mean, he's superhero. Took, he took Eminem. the low hanging fruit, I
0: guess. I don't know. I again, I see the logic. <laughs> see what they were trying
1: to do, but it doesn't work. Yeah,
0: and it's, it, it's just not. It, it just doesn't work, and it comes to a very predictable ending. with that they hint through the entire three issue series and and these are large issues. So it's not like it's a standard comic. I mean, they're big, they're big books. Um, But again, it's just, you couldn't make heads or tails. I I still don't quite understand what Enchantress's role was in the entire thing. I, I still don't understand how the ending with Enchantress's interactions made any sense whatsoever so there's just several things that just don't make sense. And then the end of the issue, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the end of the issue, it's like, that's the conclusion that that's what, that's what we built this all up for. The a, it's the predictable thing. And B we're just going to end with that. Like <laughs> again, if you have read the book, you'll know what I'm talking about, but the very, very last piece, the very, very last page, you're like, that's it. <laughs> That that's what we're going for, you know. And it's it's like a, it's like they wanted to do something that would be controversial, maybe, or at least provocative, in the Batman lore. But they just couldn't commit fully, and they just Mm. like they dipped a toe
1: in the water, you know, just just a toe. That is so unfortunate. This is an example. Of trying to show you have balls and then saying, uh no, 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 it's like I, I, I got uh told from higher up I, I can't I can't go all the way. Yeah, and I mean
0: again, there's just cameos that are completely pointless and don't serve the story whatsoever. Like the <laughs> Harley Quinn cameo, there's no reason for Harley Quinn to be in this book, other than to have a sexual moment with Batman for no goddamn reason, where she
1: tries to rape him. Like Okay, uh, what is the deal with at least at one point in time, them trying to make Harlequin, Harley, Harlequin, Harleen Quinzel, doctor of psychology, Har- Harleen Quinzel into a rapist, specifically of Batman and
0: Nightwing? Yeah, we have, in the Bruce Tim cartoon, we have her raping Nightwing, you know, I didn't see any set there. It, it no, was, it was an- It happened. <laughs> wait a minute she shuts off the lights and things happen
2: <laughs> i'm pretty uh, sure no, that nightwing was raped no,
1: last i checked uh batman shows up and nightwing is still in costume there, there's no scene of him having to pull anything up or pull anything down or anything what was going on with those lights off do what don't, were those noises huh uh, they, they they were tickling each other. Oh, uh, uh, that, okay. I mean, that's what I saw yeah, with his hands restrained. Uh, <laughs> okay, she was tickling him. Nightwing got raped,
0: <laughs> and then he was forced by Calamity to fuck a giant red ape. Ooh. in recent canon, <laughs> uh, which you know might as well be rape. It's like, hey, either you have sex with this giant gorilla, or the world's ending. How is that not putting a gun to your head and saying, fuck
1: this red ape? (laughs) like, it seems the same to me. Rule six. (sighs) Gotta remember rule six. (laughs) Rule
0: 34, more like it. (laughs) What these fucking creators are doing now. Uh, And then we have
1: Batman getting raped and Batman damned. So, you know, or almost being raped by Harley Quinn. I mean, I, I just gotta ask this question because we ask this question every time. Why do they hate Nightwing? I don't know! (laughs) I love Nightwing. Leave him alone! (laughs) Leave Nightwing alone! All Uh,
0: right,
2: so...
1: You should um, probably, to further hone in on that point, you should probably watch Titans. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs)
0: Uh, So, yeah, I'm not going to say any more on it. I don't recommend it. There's, again, there's good artwork in the first few issues. There's cool, I mean... Aesthetically, I mean, it was arousing what was happening with Harley Quinn, but it didn't serve the story at all. <laughs> and it, it's like half of the second book, so it's like, why did we even bother? <laughs> uh, you could have used that time to explain what the fuck was going on in the first place, but you know, apparently not. Teach their own, you know, so. Unfortunately, not uh, Brian Azarello's nor Lee Bermeo's best work. Again, great creators. I don't want to shit on them because I, I'm very yeah, fond of both of them, and I think they both are good at what they do, but it's just not their best work, and it's definitely not the best book in the DC Black Label title. There are so many more better titles to pick up from the Black Label, if you so choose. I know you were high on the, the question, Yes, uh, I I will continue to push books. that book. There's several of them out there that are just much better quality and much more deserving of your dollar, in my opinion. These are expensive books too. These aren't. Yeah, these are like
1: nine dollar books because they're thick. They're thick and with two C's. Uh, I think we might be on cues with this one, <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
0: you know, just, I, I'm sorry, guys. I love you. You know, please don't. If you're listening to this, don't hate me. (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) but uh, I just can't. I can't abide. The dude does not abide.
1: Yeah. You know, like we can't abide, but please don't don't tear us an asshole on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, the last piece of
0: nerd uh, media that I have consumed, although you know in a dose, is the new but old. Final Fantasy VII remake, which of course I'm wearing my Starry Sky,
1: oh, Cloud
0: Strife shirt, yeah, with a meteor coming down.
1: Van Gogh would be proud. He sure would.
0: <laughs> um, so I I played the demo. Uh, I have the actual game ordered now. Full context. Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. Period. Straight so- up. Just straight up. It's my favorite game of all time. Hands down. I I, I beat it at least once a year. Uh, Thankfully, they keep releasing it. So it (laughs) makes it very easy on me. It's a good Uh, game. I fucking love the game. And I cried when that first trailer came out. And they had the music playing. And they had (laughs) Cloud walking out with his sword into Midgar. Mm -hmm. I literally cried (laughs) because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they were doing it. And then I got very scared. Okay. There was a while when you
1: still didn't believe that it was a thing that was happening. Uh,
0: Because, well, that's... Gonna play into the scared part. So uh I literally cried, I was so excited, and then I immediately became overwhelmed with fear because I knew they had had a lot of production problems over at Square Enix, particularly with A sourcing out stuff and it not going well. Yeah. Cyber and,
1: Connect two, we're looking at you. And
0: B Final Fantasy fifteen, which is official vis- officially, you know, Final Fantasy versus thirteen at the time. Yeah. And then kept getting delayed and then was announced to be Final Fantasy Fifteen, and then continued to be delayed. uh, Along with announcing Kingdom Hearts 3, which was also continuously delayed. There
1: Um, were a lot of valid reasons to be afraid of what they were going to do to this.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) we talked about unforced errors when we were talking about uh, Red Border from AWA. Square Enix is the king of unforced (laughs) errors. Uh, So I was... Very afraid and I was convinced that this game was never gonna see the light of day. Especially when they they originally kind of sent it out to a third party company to work on while they were doing Versus thirteen, which eventually became Final Fantasy fifteen, which we thought we'd never see. Oh yeah. Good fucking finally it came out and it fucking wasn't finished. (laughs) The game
1: (laughs) Now, that's a game that should have been a part one. That game
0: has so much bullshit in it and is so unfinished. I don't know how they have so much shit in that game, and it is not finished,
1: and they canceled the DLC. (laughs) There are entire continents that they didn't even explore because they just had to ship something.
0: Yet yeah, they gave us every fucking food recipe we can imagine. <laughs> and They gave us three separate top ramen side quests.
1: And they had to put every stupid, oh
2: you know, fucking
1: fashion name <laughs> clothing line in it, and just and that's when they weren't shilling for fucking camping gear. Yes,
2: it's like
0: what <laughs> are Coleman? You,
1: what are you doing? What the fuck is Coleman even doing in this universe?
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy fifteen. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with, <laughs> because on one hand, I enjoyed playing it. Yes. There's a lot of good things. The, the character interactions between the four main characters is fun and heartwarming, and it's, it's kind of jarring at first until you get used to the voice actors, and I mean, then you Yeah.
1: I, I mean, there's a lot of... Ho- and I never thought that I would be one to say to... that. There's homework! This game comes with it's, homework It's <laughs> so unfinished that you have to you
0: have to watch a movie uh and then you also have to watch an anime series
1: to, <laughs> to even know what the fuck is going on at the beginning of the game there like you are starting into a story like when you when you get this game, you start in the middle of a story in progress. A, a, A story that's so in the middle of itself that there is homework that you need to do just to understand, like, why these people even know each other in the first place. And then there's DLC that continuously, like, gives you what's happening on the side. And then it goes back and tells you the entire reason for the beginning of this thing in the first place. Episode Arden literally not only should it have been a part of the movie. But getting to play as the villain of this game somehow manages to be far more exciting in hindsight than playing the main game itself. What? The f-
2: yeah, so- I could go
1: on forever about that game. I could go on forever. Again,
0: there there's a lot of things to like. The battle system was kind of revolutionary and cool for Final Fantasy. It was. The characters are, are cool and likable and they have heartwarming stories between each other, and the interactions are incredible and they feel natural for the most part.
1: They're the Ninja Turtles. There's
0: fun y- yes. <laughs> there's fun little interactions. There's good story beats. But again, it's like a half ass story <laughs> because it's never finished. And there's too much shit in it, just like <laughs> shit that is it doesn't respect your time at all. It's just shit that doesn't need to be there at all,
1: oh, absolutely at all. needless shit. I, it's not k- fun,
0: <laughs> you <laughs> know. It's just wasting time. It's tro- for trophy hunters that want to make this game five thousand hours. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I there so is... I I hate this game, but I love this game, <laughs> and I don't know. It's it's. It's just a shit smear of a title on the record of Square Enix.
1: There is a dungeon devoted specifically entirely to traversal. No combat at all. Yeah. A a thing that's only available to you after you beat the game and unlock the part of the car that turns it into a plane. You know, for reasons. (laughs) Because that's just the thing that we can do. Um... That wouldn't also completely break the story if it were available at any part yeah. during the story that's and then the relevant.
0: reward isn't fucking worth it. It's a fucking brutal dungeon. It's like <laughs> how, how? like you're in the dark ninety percent of the time. you can't fucking see anything. you it, can't tell where you're you're trying to go the where the place you have to go is near impossible unless you're just jumping to your death and taking a chance left and right. like it', fuck,
1: <laughs> it fucking sucked, <laughs> and the artwork that's even shown in. That dungeon—it only raises more questions. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they can't really do a
0: sequel unless they do the Final Fantasy 13 and say, ah, none of the other story beats fucking matter because now we're in a different dimension and now we're now she's basically
1: God and now <laughs> like what? <laughs> this is how fucking absurd the entire proceeding of Final Fantasy 15 is." There is DLC to an unrelated game that is in no uncertain terms a beef being called out between the person who was tasked with finishing the game and subsequently fired... And the person who originally came up with the concept in the first place who said, oh, yeah, you, you guys finish this. I'll work on Kingdom Hearts and uh, y- you guys, good luck with yeah. figuring out my bullshit. Oh, you guys couldn't figure it out? Fuck you. I'm going to make DLC to the game that I was making that references the game that I let you guys work on. That is basically me saying, I should have just gone back and handled it. You guys fucked up. That, like, just, yeah. I dare you to let me do this shit I again. I mean,
0: <laughs> as a company, it has to be one of the most embarrassing endeavors that they have ever taken. And then they followed it up with Kingdom Hearts 3, which doesn't have any fucking Final <laughs> Fantasy characters. The one thing that was like the, whole the selling
1: p- <laughs> point for Kingdom Hearts as a series was... Disney characters interacting with Final Fantasy characters. And guess what? There's no fucking Final <laughs> Fantasy characters! <laughs> and yeah, most like, of the Disney characters are Pixar characters! <laughs> it's like, th- this is what happens when you try to, with a spoon, scoop out the peanut butter out of a Reese's peanut butter cup! But don't worry, we made DLC! DLC! <laughs> We made DLC with Final Fantasy characters. you fucking dorks.
0: Come and give us your money, huh? <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> you waited ten years for this, huh? <laughs> uh-huh?
1: Gosh, I hope we don't do something as bad as Final Fantasy Fifteen.
0: <laughs> so now I have it sitting on my hard drive because I haven't, I haven't even bothered to start it. The moment I heard there was no Final Fantasy characters in it, I was furious. <laughs>
1: And i I haven't played it, so, and I, I waited ten years for it, and I probably won't play it. I, I swear if we actually get up our other channel to do that, I want that to be our premiere episode. Yeah, I got together. The in, I
0: got the all in one package too. I got every, <laughs> I got everything. I was prepared to everything. Di- I was prepared to dive into everything and get all the fucking convoluted bullshit story, all the background shit only to find
1: out. That half of the fucking cast isn't in the fucking game. I'm going to ask you the question that you ask me every time I talk about X-Men. Why do you hate yourself? No. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I mean, I love the
0: first two games. I, I love a lot of the accessory games, although they're totally unnecessary. The, uh, the, I never played Dream Drop Distance because I didn't, never had a DS, so I got to find a way to play it. I never had a PSP, so I never played... Uh, whatever
1: the fucking uh, three hundred and fifty-eight over two, whatever stupid title it was, or the fucking birth by sleep, yeah, so. or the fucking um, read-only memories, yeah. So, it, it, uh, oh my it's god, all stupid. It, it's it's all stupid. It, it it's absolutely so, ridiculous how easy it was for them to come up with a bunch of games that weren't three. Only for them to finally make three and not have quite literally the one thing that launched Kingdom Hearts in the fucking first place. The fucking Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. So
0: really pissed me off. And I, again, Mm. I haven't touched it. I probably won't touch it. And I kind of regret buying it. So granted, Uh, I bought it on sale. Yeah, it was a yeah. pretty steep discount it was like 30 bucks for the all in one package
1: but it, it, yeah we, we've we got to make a show out of that like we have got to turn that into content if, find us an editor
0: <laughs> <laughs> anybody out there listening watching if you can edit videos and uh render them and upload them by all means contact me <laughs> please <laughs> i'll pay you a modest and i mean modest sum <laughs> <laughs> because we're already losing money but it would be nice to not have to edit all of these they t-
1: take countless hours Uh, It would also be nice to not have your purchase of the most convoluted game series of all time completely go to waste. Fuck them. So long story short,
0: I thought this... usually my line. I, A, (laughs) thought this game would never come out, and B, I heard they cut it up into parts. I I was really... Really, like, fuck. They're gonna <laughs> fuck this up. I can already see it. They they sent their most prized property yeah. to a third-party no-name company
1: who's known for doing mobile games. Do you want to know some fun trivia as to why this thing even happened? Well, they fired them. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, it... The reason why they hired them in the fucking first place... There's a mobile game didn't even make it stateside. Oh, great. A mobile game based on one mini game featured in the first disc of Final Fantasy VII. The fucking G-Bike. <laughs> Good job, guys. They They outsourced the making of that mobile game Oh, you guys did such a good job with this game that we didn't even put in the States. Um, well, why not? You, like We already have these character models. Just, uh, just uh, update their resolution and just m- make a game. Okay, back to the point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I was very doubtful. I didn't I honestly didn't think this game was going to hit, and now it's kind of ironic because it's the only game that's showing up <laughs> uh, when it's yeah. supposed to. Uh, because everything's being delayed because of COVID nineteen and coronavirus, and uh, you know all the effects of said coronavirus. So it's very, very ironic. That's the only thing coming out, and it's getting almost universally high praise. I mean, uh, Gamespot, which is notoriously stingy with its scores, gave it a fucking ten. So, now I don't know if this is the same people that have previously been reviewing games for GameSpot, but like I said, they've been pretty stingy in the past, so I was actually pretty surprised. Yeah, there's... Usually a... it's IGN that's given the super high scores for, you know, eh, games.
1: Yeah, there's a, a YouTuber that I usually follow for game reviews because he usually seems to be on point. Um, Australian YouTuber that uh, goes by the name of... Skill up, or at least that's the name of their channel. Um, so shout out to Skill up! Shout out to Skill up! Uh, his reviews always in depth, always on point. Uh, like I usually agree with him when it comes to like the type of games that I would be into.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, yeah, when he in the very first few words of his review said. They pulled it off.
0: I mean,
2: it's... (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing.
0: I played the demo. Uh huh. Fucking loved it. Of course. Fucking loved it. They they nailed it. The end of it, I was like, fuck. I think the only thing I don't like about it is Barrett's voice acting. And I've heard a lot of complaints about this, so I'm not the only one, thankfully. But Uh, I I think it's a Square Enix thing. Because they have very cringeworthy voice acting in basically every game they release... And I don't know why.
1: It's not their strong suit, unfortunately. Especially
0: when they have black characters. I feel like black characters is where they really miscast the most.
1: Yeah. They
0: seem to always have a really terrible stereotype. Uh, Okay. But it's not even... I don't know. It just doesn't even match the character half the time.
1: Uh, In their defense, specifically for Final Fantasy VII, this is basically asking someone to be mr t
0: which is fine (laughs)
1: which is fine (laughs) but
0: i don't think the guy pulls it off
1: um i didn't have as much of an issue with it just because it seemed like he was going about as over the top as (laughs) one would expect for voicing anyone even resembling the character of barrett wallace
0: I don't know. It just sounds so fake. Like he's forcing it too much. And <laughs> I, his voice is not deep enough I mean, for the size of the character. The, I mean, the Barrett's huge. <laughs> yeah, uh, you expect he, him to, and he's got this big barrel chest. You expect him to have a deep gravelly voice or something, you know, but he's not, he has like my tenor voice, but it's being forced. <laughs> it's I, like I, me voice acting Barrett. Like, he, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I listen I, here, Merc. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> that uh, doesn't match the profile i guess i don't
2: know
1: yeah i i don't know who all auditioned for this role but the guy they picked so far at least in my personal opinion is about as on point as could be expected of square enix that's fair. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like uh Nether Realms. Ne- Nether Realm is terrible at <laughs> at certain sound design. Not all sound design, but like certain things like lightning mm-hmm. or anything electrical or anything that's like a laser or something. It just always sounds terrible. Just really <laughs> bad. Uh, uh, for some reason Square Enix is like that with voice actors. They just I don't know if they just don't have the same kind of process for auditions because they're a Japanese-based company, so they assume anybody that can speak English is good enough. Uh,
1: I I, I would uh, put that on the localizing team. Yeah, probably. Uh, But I feel
0: like there's better candidates out there (laughs) than some of the people they've chosen in the past. I mean, they had to redo a bunch of uh, uh, the one character from Final Fantasy XV because he was annoying people so much. Uh, I can't remember his name. The the little one, Prompto. Prompto. Yeah, they, they had, had
1: to redo.
0: <laughs> they had to redo his voice, his English uh, dubs of everything because he was annoying testers so much. Oh my god, and it was so <laughs> cringeworthy, and it it was still cringeworthy in the end. <laughs> Not as much as it probably was, but uh, and then even Gladio is like, kind of kind of forcing it.
1: Yeah, I mean. Then you have the it, random
0: British accent from Ignis is it's just like, what? It, c- come on, guys. You can do better than this.
1: Yeah. I mean, when it comes to voice acting... I always assume when it comes to Square Enix, of all companies, that it's probably better in Japanese.
0: Probably, yeah. That's fair, dog. That's fair. (laughs) But when I'm looking at these big cinematic CG moments, I don't want to be focusing on reading the subtitle, you know? (laughs) Sometimes I just want to be immersed. (laughs)
1: Like I've gotten so used to subs just because I'm... I I can I can say with confidence that I am in fact a weeb. Oh, what a weeb! <laughs> I am too. Sorry. <laughs> that being said, you know when it comes to any kind of English voice acting, uh, I, I'm not going to put that on Square Enix as much as I am going to put it on specifically the part of Square Enix that is trying to. Uh, they must be into caricatures or something because is <laughs> yeah. like the stereotypically like tiny little Weasley boy that they got for the fucking uh, prompto yeah. and the, like the big gruff and tumble voice that they got for fucking Gladio is like, it was honestly no surprise that they got someone who sounded kind of similar <laughs> kind of similar but uh, a bit more of that uh, uh maybe southern black drawl that they got with yeah. him i, I mean i mean it's it's fine
0: it's it's literally my only criticism <laughs> so if the, my biggest criticism it, it, it is that cr- barrett's voice acting could be a little better it, that's, that's a, not so bad <laughs> re, yeah that's a criticism <laughs> for, of the
1: demo for a
0: game that has a ridiculously High expectation because of what it is. The which expectation for a lot of is people literally is the in greatest this... game of all time, especially me. Yeah, uh, if not the greatest, a lot of people's favorites. You know, one of the favorites in the Final Fantasy series, which has a lot of awesome titles like Final Fantasy VI, you know, previously Final Fantasy III. Yeah. You know, it's real popular. Uh, a lot of people like Final Fantasy X, which I feel is I'm a little bit more lukewarm on, even though I do like it. You know, Final Fantasy IX is well beloved, you know.
1: I fucking love Final Fantasy IX. Uh, oh my God.
0: Final Fantasy XV, for all its flaws and being completely <laughs> unfinished, is very much liked
1: you know so it's a that's a k-pop road trip <laughs> <laughs> it really is though uh,
0: so again it, you know we're talking high high expectations that i thought there was no way in god's green earth that this could possibly live up to expectations the expectations were a stratospheric a part it's it's just mid, it's just midgar, which is like you know, the first ten hours of the original game that's you know forty, fifty hours long, maybe more. I mean I've maxed out the ninety-nine hours because I was doing every first thing I could. Okay,
1: first ten, I could probably do midgar in like two.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised.
1: <laughs> but it's not a big part of the game. It's not. And uh, somehow they've apparently managed to squeeze at least
0: sixty hours. Yeah, so, I mean, I watched an IGN video uh, where they had several people talking about how long it took them to get to the end, and it was, the lowest one, I think, was like 34 hours, and the highest one was like 52 or something like that. So,
1: yeah.
0: again, a good amount of time, obviously a full title, and a fully fleshed out title, and I'm hearing nothing but positive praise of it. The demo was great, uh, so... Yeah, I'm excited. Unfortunately, I'm not one of the lucky people that got my copy early in the mail. Mm. Instead, I'm getting it late in the mail because uh, they ran out and had to ship more. <laughs> so uh, again because of the quarantine issues, so. Yeah. I'm still waiting on it and
1: soon. God, I don't want to know. In the meantime,
0: <laughs> I'm forcing myself to play my backlog and <laughs> I've been Emory's laughing cuz I've tel- told him literally every time we've talked that I fucking hate this game. (laughs) I've been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, which was kind of the reboot of the Assassin's Creed franchise, which I love, by the way. Full context. Yeah. I fucking hate this game. (laughs) It's so bad. The storytelling is awful, and it's janky. Hilariously. It does not respect your time at all. There
1: is a Final Fantasy XV tie-in. I'm not surprised, because they (laughs) both have the same problem. (laughs) Uh, so yeah. Although
0: Final Fantasy 15, at least I enjoyed playing it. Assassin's Creed Origins, I don't even enjoy playing it. So, which is a uh, first, you know. I've had problems with previous Assassin's Creed games because they're glitchy, or because it's just kind of an underwhelming story, or when they abandoned the Desmond Miles storyline and all that stuff. That kind The of, story that was the, the entire story point that, of the thing. Yeah, the whole point of the series kind of fell flat, and now it's just like this weird story about these predecessor race gods trying to reinvent themselves and it's just it doesn't make any fucking sense anymore not the
1: are we even after the pieces of eden anymore no no (laughs) so we just completely abandoned that no this is now it's about the order of ancients
0: you know these assassin's creed origins and odyssey are both based before the assassins and the templars exist because, so, of course. So now they're just pulling shit out of their ass to because make fucking a story about. Cause, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because we want to go to Egypt and we want to go to Greece and we want to go to all these ancient places, which, you know, and I'm all about. And but
1: give we, us a reason. <laughs> somehow we still haven't done Japan. <laughs> yeah, so Motherf- Assassin's Creed Origins, mm.
0: uh, I, as much as I was looking forward to it and wanted to love it, I do not love it. It is not good. And it's clearly designed for PC players. It is very hard to play on console. Like, all the menus are clearly you know pc based you got to move it with the sticks to select your menu what why, why are they doing that you're you're making this for console players you know damn well that people are going to be playing it on console why not just for the ps4 and xbox and switch and whatever else make it so you can use the directional pad to choose your menu items instead of having to use this fucking mouse thing it's so dumb i, I don't know why games do that it's just lazy it's and it's such a big company you know it
1: just seems lazy i don't I guess. They usually don't have this problem when it comes to making a game console friendly. Yeah. So, uh, I'll end that
0: part there. Now, again, this is a pretty short show. Uh, our, our topic of the show is basically talking about this new publisher, AWA. So, there won't be a topic of the show today. We're already an hour and a half into the recording. What what it edits out down to will probably be like an hour and 20 minutes or something. But, yeah. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into uh, the news, talk about the new releases that may or may not be coming to your local comic book shops, and uh, go from there, (laughs) because we've given you plenty of content to uh, ponder, I suppose. Much to talk about. All right. So first on the news, uh, I got a little piece of sad news. Surprise, surprise, it's quarantine time. But this is, uh, it seems like it's separate from uh, COVID-19 concerns, although that's not necessarily confirmed. First up, uh, again, big shout out to Newsarama. We get a lot of our news from them because uh, they cut through the bullshit and uh, they have really good editors over there. So shout out to Newsarama. Definitely go check out their website, newsarama.com. This one from Chris Arendt uh, announcing, Mads Mort Drucker has died at age 91. So uh, Mort Drucker, who is uh, famous for being a very long-term uh caricaturist and uh artist for the mad magazine um famous for drawing many of the mad characters and caricatures of famous people uh throughout his tenure there he actually started his career working for what was eventually became dc comics um and worked on debbie dean career girl um back in 1929 you know So, obviously, been in the industry for a long, long, long time. Uh, They did not confirm uh, what uh, the cause of death was. You you know, he's a ripe old age and lived a good long life, so it could be a number of things. Um, It could be COVID-19 related or not, but uh, it doesn't seem so based on the fact that they're not releasing the cause of death. Um, He did win, uh, in 2014, the National Society of Cartoonists, Uh, medal of honor uh, which is a great outstanding achievement for such a successful artist in the industry so wanted to give a nice uh shout out to him heart goes out to his family members Uh, hopefully he rests in peace and thank you for your art and your contribution to our great comic book industry you will be missed next up uh just following up on something we reported on uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Jim Lee has been doing his sixty days of uh, drawings basically as a charity endeavor. He's been auctioning off uh, sketches uh, you know basically pencil and ink uh, drawings that he has done uh, every single day based on buyer's requests for the the next character to be drawn. Um, We're, I don't know, a week and a half into it, basically. And they've already raised over $100,000. And several other artists have actually been jumping on board to do one or two uh, additional drawings for them. Uh, Again, signed uh, original drawings, not prints, that are being auctioned and The first one was Nightwing, so of course I was like, fuck yeah, I'm jumping right into this. And I pulled up the page, and it was only an hour in, and it was already over $2,000. And I was like, welp! (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I wish I had the money to do so, but uh, no. But he's done some awesome... I mean, it's, it's Jim Lee at his best uh, doing these images. And again, the guy works so fucking hard. He's currently the head of DC Creative. He's dealing with all these problems with Diamond. He's trying to figure this stuff out and keep his artists and uh, writers employed, I'm sure, it's uh, and struggling behind the scenes. He obviously has his YouTube channel, which you can watch him draw and do instructional videos and have Q&As with fans. He's just doing everything, so shout out to Jim Lee and we th- we always talk about how overworked he must be. Uh we've, you know, commented on some underwhelming covers he's done in recent uh months, but again, we don't <laughs> necessarily think that is really showing what Jim Lee is capable of because these these awesome illustrations clearly illustrate something otherwise. Oh yeah. Um, so again, if you're interested and you have the financial ability, by all means go and check out his social media pages, specifically his Instagram page. There's links uh, to the eBay, the, eBay um, the outlet where you can actually go and bid on these drawings. He posts them and lets them uh, proceed through auctioning for three days, so it's a good amount of time to get in there and you know, try to, uh, score yourself a unique piece of art from Jim Lee himself. And of course, several other, uh, artists and illustrators have jumped in to contribute as well. Uh, I think the most, uh, famous recent one was Raphael Albuquerque's, uh, version of the phantasm, uh, from Batman and the, F- the mask of the phantasm. Is that what the movie's called? Yes. To remember.
1: Batman mask of the phantasm.
0: So, uh, Fucking awesome. Just yeah. an awesome piece of artwork. Uh definitely worth the money and it, it fetched a nice high bid. Um the highest auction bid so far has been $17,300 and that was for Jim Lee's Batman Red Rain uh rendition which is awesome. Absolutely go go check it out. My favorite one personally is either the dead man one or the dr fate one both of which are just brilliant just fucking awesome wish (laughs) wish i had the the wallet to afford yeah uh what they've been bidding for because they are outstanding pieces of artwork um would really like to see a few more female options getting posted (laughs) it seems like people keep suggesting alternate versions of batman we have we've had like Four different versions of Batman already, even though he said he didn't want to repeat characters. So, yeah. Uh, there's a lot more DC canon than Batman. So, please start doing some other stuff, please. But, please. Please. Uh... But that's just me being greedy because I want to see it. <laughs> obviously, I can't afford to own it. Right. Although, if I the opportunity presented itself, I would certainly bid on this. Uh, again, it's all for charity. Basically, all the money is going towards uh, helping to sustain and refund uh, these local comic book retailers that are obviously struggling very much with the dime closures and... Um... <clears throat> Just trying to keep the lights on and keep their employees fed, you know, uh, because they in many states, they can't even do business. They don't have a choice. You know, Ohio is one of them here in Columbus, Ohio. We have tons of great comic book shops that are unfortunately trying other means to just stay afloat. Uh, World's Greatest Comics has been doing auctions every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on their Facebook page. Uh, laughing ogre's been doing mail order stuff and uh uh, one of the fans of the shop and supporters of the shop actually posted a gofundme that i our show contributed to uh on their behalf because of course we we love the guys over there and they do great work um there's several other uh comic stores in the city that are trying different avenues you know again mostly trying to sell stuff through ebay or whatever just to get a little something to you know pay the rent (laughs) you know it's like a lot of shops have already closed. Uh, another good website, BleedingCool uh, dot com. They have a lot of great articles and, uh, they were posting articles about famous comic shops that have closed permanently because of what's been happening. And it just tears your heart out. Cause you know, some of these shops are just so good. The people are so good and just, it. It just sucks. It just <laughs> fucking sucks. You know, yeah. There's no way around it. And you, there's nobody necessarily to point fingers at or blame or anything like that. You know, you can try to blame Diamond, but even Diamond, you kind of understand why they did it. You know, um, so just, just really sucks for everybody involved. Uh, so hopefully, most of the shops get through this and survive and keep their head above water. But obviously, it's already seriously affecting several shops as it is. So. Uh, definitely go out and uh, support this endeavor if you can. Uh, And of course, if you can't enjoy the, the awesome art that is being posted, because it's definitely worth taking a look at and uh, at least sharing or something like that, if you can. So just wanted to talk about that real quick because yeah, let's face it. There's not a lot of news that isn't depressing.
1: So right.
0: Um, Image comics uh, has released a, a, an official statement. Basically, um, one of the owners of Image Comics, Todd McFarlane, who, of course, we all love uh, for his Spawn series and his his great personality uh, on the Internet. He was speaking out that he really wishes that uh, the comic book industry, you know, specifically publishers, would kind of make this uniform front uh, to try to help retailers and basically halt the release of new issues uh, digitally in conjunction with the the inability to release new issues physically so that um, the retailers can actually have product that's relevant when they are able to open their doors and not outdated and that they can... Kind of revived the industry a little better and then talked about, you know, offering, you know, free books, you know, free pre-established, pre-released books uh, for free on different outlets uh, that people can enjoy and recommending other publishers do the same and follow suit. It seems that, for the most part, people agree. There's exceptions, obviously, but uh, it seems that most people agree that this is probably the best way to proceed if the publisher is able. Um, you know, Obviously, financial woes <laughs> are definitely a factor, so yeah. uh, you got to take that into account. Um, but uh, there seemed to be a, a lot of confusion because Image, the actual company, was not speaking out while several of the creators and owners were speaking out very publicly. Um, so they released this statement as we navigate the very difficult multi-layered ramifications that COVID-19 has had on the economy. And in an effort to preserve the overall health of the comics medium, we must support the channel that is most eminently endangered by the warehouse and non-essential business closures, the local independently owned businesses that include comic shops and independent bookstores. These stores are more than just retailers to our comics community. They're often the biggest champions for the medium. They drive engagement and they act alongside press like Newsarama as tastemakers and curators for readers in search of their next comic or graphic novel. Our fans understand that the comics is a that comics is a community and an ecosystem and have been hugely supportive of keeping brick and mortar stores healthy, which in turn keeps comics healthy in every form. We love our digital readers too. And we have a number of sales going on in digital humble bundles on the schedule. And we even have a whole bevy of freebie number one issues on our website for fans to peruse. Right now, digital and print readers are coming together and sharing their recommendations. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. It's a hashtag. Hashtag a hashtag that spotlights backlist titles that readers may not know about. It's been fun to see some old favorites and new discoveries resurface because of it. And it's a great way to show... For our fans, no matter how they read comics, coming together online during this uncertain time. So, nice statement. Glad to see it from Image. There's a lot of uncertainty what Image would do, despite, obviously, very outspoken members of the the establishment within the company. So, uh, it's great to see. Hopefully, more uh, publishers follow suit. I- Image is the, the third biggest market share of the comic book industry, of the traditional comic book industry. Obviously, Marvel and DC are the big... The big one and two, yeah um, yeah you know'm I'm, i I'm, we're talking like forty percent each of the market uh somewhere abouts and image is obviously very small compared to that, and then everybody else is much smaller yeah uh, but uh image is definitely a contender in there. We talk highly of image all the time because of a a great history and standing because it is a publisher that was created by a, a collection of skilled artists and writers uh, back in the the day and um, having really kind of fun open door policies that allow for a lot of creative endeavors and for a lot of creators to come in and out of the company and uh, work on their projects so very good to see this from one of the big companies. You know, we've seen things along these lines from Marvel and DC, but m- both Marvel and DC have kind of shied away from saying they won't release new issues. It's more like a kind of a half step in or oh, release the major books, but we'll save the lesser known titles for when the doors open or, you know, these weird half steps that I, I'm not really right. fond of. Um, yeah. But uh, hopefully this inspires more companies to kind of be in lockstep and in this emergency situation obviously this shouldn't be the norm but uh, during an emergency like you know the the pandemic that we're dealing with right now I, I like to see it so uh next up on the news uh some depressing news some marvel studios and lucasfilm staff o- among the disney employees received uh, furlough notices this week um this is coming from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, They have not said specifically uh, who and how and how long that the furlough has been enforced. um, But it's basically an involuntary temporary leave of absence that is likely not paid for most employees or at least partially paid. Um, They announced that, quote, those whose jobs aren't necessary at this time, uh, unquote, would be temporarily dismissed as of April 19th. So coming up very soon here. Um, So. Really depressing news. You'd think of all the companies, Disney would be the one who could eat the most. You know. You would think. Because how many billions of dollars have been reaped in profit, just pure profit, because of the Lucasfilm and Marvel properties? I mean, they has to be more than Pixar. <laughs> it has to be. I mean, Frozen makes a lot of money, but it doesn't make Marvel and Lucasfilm money. And, you know, we've had what in recent years we've had this new wizard thing that's basically full metal alchemist <laughs> uh, released where they're searching for their dead parent you know through magical means uh, Just yeah which you know didn't I, i'm
1: surprised didn't, no one really called them out on that but yeah that's totally what that is
0: uh so there's that there's frozen 2 Yeah, you know, not they're not blowing box office records with those movies like they are with avengers and you know uh, the Star Wars films, despite their quality. Yeah.
1: I, I, so I think the issue might be one of, as we had mentioned for the comic book industry as a whole and how quickly things have been falling apart there, I think this might be an issue of business model. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what kind of profits were you actually reaping And how is it that in spite of all of those profits, Disney, the company that should be the most capable of eating the cost of having people basically not show up for work, are, they themselves are furloughing their own employees in a week.
0: Yeah, so, again, we're not, Insiders at this company, we have no idea what their financials look like. We have no idea what daily operating costs are. Obviously, when you're a publicly traded company, you have a responsibility to make your shareholders happy and not lose money. But come on, like, uh, yeah, you've the people you laid off are the people that have made you the most money by far in recent years. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. You know, it's, it it. I would not, you know, I'm sure they're dream jobs for the most part, but I would not feel a ton of brand loyalty or employer loyalty after something like that. Oh, yeah, I would Especially when you're the top earning branch of the company. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And it's...
1: I would not be surprised by a very large number of the people being furloughed to jump ship to something else that... I would say that they think is more stable, but, well... Maybe jump I, to WB.
0: Maybe <laughs> save them from themselves. <laughs>
1: I think this... Uh, I think this pandemic has shown, if nothing else, that there are some things that we thought we could count on that are literally quickly dropped at the drop of a dime, the second something this serious happens. I mean, like when you, when you get hired by Disney, the biggest media company in the world, the very last thing that you ever expect to hear is that due to a pandemic, while we will have a job waiting for you, we cannot pay you for an undetermined amount of time that's the thing with being furloughed they have no idea when they get to go back to work
0: yeah so it seems pretty gross to me i don't know. yeah
1: maybe it's just,
0: maybe I, i'm just completely speaking out of turn maybe it really is as dire as it sounds that i mean they're but the, so much of their revenue is so easily accessible via you know digital media so you know the disney plus streaming app which is obviously earning them plenty of money you know you got digital downloads while all these kids are being quarantined and need to be entertained so of course they're playing disney movies and pixar movies and because of course uh you know star wars movies and superhero movies and like and they got the the cable television you know brands still paying for you know the the rights to play their movies you know they're still making money hand and fist you know like I just don't understand. You know, sure, you know Disney World and Disneyland probably aren't making money, but it, who the fuck cares? <laughs> like, why are you laying off the the film studios employees? You know, or furloughing them, whatever. Yeah, I just it doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, you know, unless it's just the bottom line and the shareholders demand it. You know, I just I don't see any other explanation, and it's kind of just seems kind of gross to me. Not not a fan of that news. So. Just thought I'd point that out, maybe put a little public shame on them. I don't know,
1: but uh, yeah. uh, maybe hopefully get them to consider exactly how it is that they're treating their employees. And then uh, this is it wouldn't normally be that big of news. But obviously, uh,
0: Dan DiDio, he recently uh, was released from DC Comics. He's the head of DC Comics uh You know, he was the head publisher or uh, head editor over at DC Comics for a long time and then was the head of, uh, you know, uh, the actual creative directive for a long time that's since been replaced by Jim Lee. Uh, He went on the original Drink and Draw Social Club YouTube show, which is very good. Highly recommended if you haven't seen it already, especially if you kind of want to get to know your favorite creators behind the scenes. And yeah, it kind of harkens back to our topic from last week. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Should you meet your heroes? But, uh, <laughs> so there is that danger a little bit, but yeah, this one was very cool and very interesting because it had Dan Panosian in there. It had Dave Johnson, of course, uh, it had Joe Casada who, you know, was obviously going head to head against Dan DiDio, uh, while he was heading up DC, uh and it it was a fun very pleasant just human discussion you know they talk about a lot of the different things that occurred under didio's uh tenure there with the company um and both controversial and otherwise they talk about how he made those comments to the reporter uh, basically ignited a big creative war between dc and marvel you know dc ended up (laughs) because of the fallout of all this and being ultra competitive switching to the higher quality paper at the suggestion of jim lee and uh you know releasing the hush storyline as an active numbered part of the batman uh storylines And it was a huge, huge revolutionary success for the company. And then it became kind of the standard going forward for new books. Uh, Again, thanks to Jim Lee. I was very impressed by Dan DeDio and his tact, and the conversation about what had happened in the past and how things were, had been handled and how things ended, you know, I didn't go into too much detail about how it ended, but you can kind of read between the lines a little bit. You know, he left enough on the table to chew on. Yeah. Um, uh, but he was extremely complimentary of Jim Lee, uh, as everybody expected. And he very much gave credit where credit was due and was basically giving Jim Lee the credit for basically everything good that happened <laughs> during his <laughs> tenure. Um, So just I've read some interviews with Dan DiDio and I've watched some short video clips of him at like comic cons and stuff, but this was by far the most human I've ever seen him and the most likable I've ever seen him. Not that he was an unlikable guy by any means, but just really enjoyed um, listening to their back and forth conversation on there. And Joe Caseta also, Seems like a very likable guy. It was fun. Of course, the the show, if you're not familiar, basically they sit around with a bunch of creators, they drink and they talk about bullshit and they draw, you know, a unique piece of art and kind of show it on the camera. Uh, Leaves a little bit uh, to be desired on the audio quality side of things just because a lot of them are using some kind of, you know, google chat type of thing or zoom or whatever the case is right usually using some kind of latent you know video screen chat and probably their laptop audio you know not not the best uh listening experience but i highly recommend you go check out this episode specifically because it is so cool and so interesting if you are into kind of the behind the scenes stuff going on at dc and marvel both it's very enlightening. He talks about, you know, the thing that's been running through the headlines recently is that his biggest regret with uh the new 52 launch was that they didn't put as much investment in that second and third year as they did the first year. They felt that he felt that the second, the first year was very successful and had a, and which it was and had a lot of great storytelling. And they spent a lot of time making sure that the canon all made sense and that they were all on the same page and that everything fit together. And then the second year they kind of started just letting people pick and choose things from the old lore to bring back in. In the, in the same way. And then, yeah. it, then by the third year, it got very convoluted, and you couldn't figure out what was the actual canon, what was bullshit canon, and what was the new 52 canon, and what was the original canon because it was all getting mixed together and incoherent. And then they had, he talked about how he felt it was a mistake <laughs> the way they handled it by basically just erasing everything with the convergence and then making things even more confusing on the other side of things, which he's completely right. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with everything he said in there. I think the first and second years were by far the best years for the new 52. Uh, I think there was some good stuff at the end there, but as it was becoming so convoluted because they were trying to please the you know the loud, outspoken people in the media uh, by giving Superman his red underpants back, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, I joke about that from former episodes, but uh, you know it was stupid stuff like that that people were bitching about, and it, instead of being true to their creative process, they just gave in and started trying to appease people so uh, yeah it was very interesting he kind of alludes to what's been going on behind the scenes with the upcoming kind of events and how he feels that maybe they did reboot the series a little bit too much and talks about how sometimes you you need to re- rein in creators in one way and how you need to push them in other ways and it is very very enlightening and for a guy that's been you know working at dc for almost 20 years it's like you, you know the guy obviously has some insight into how the cr- the process is done so again highly recommend you go check it out again it's called the original drink and draw social club on youtube highly highly recommend it uh i got word of it from uh bleeding cool and then i'm using a newsarama article to actually follow up on it so again it's been making the rounds you can find it in a lot of places but it is definitely worth your time. I think it's like an hour long or so. Absolutely worth your time. Basically I just put it on uh, the YouTube on my phone and just set my phone down, left the screen on so I could listen to it. You don't even have to watch it. It's just very cool. Uh, just tons of insight. It was kind of cool seeing the old opponents, you know, <laughs> hashing it out a little bit and having a heart to heart conversation. It was it was a really cool episode and I really highly recommend it. So, just thought I'd throw that out there as the last piece of news. So, without further ado, I think, perhaps, Emery?
1: In these trying times, these dark, depressing times, we're all in need of some sort of escape. Bob? Even you, Bob.
0: Bob's face is slowly being devoured by this uh, Batman 89 Batman mask that I got at a Halloween shop several years
1: ago. I don't know how they put (laughs) Michael Keaton into one of these things, but man, uh, I can only imagine his face feeling terrible.
0: I think we're going to have to replace Bob's head, do some minor surgery in the very near future. (laughs) He's, He's a... Once the hobby shop's open again, there's a, yeah. I mean, he's, his cheek is peeling yeah. off.
1: Yeah, the surgery impending. Sorry, if he Bob. can hold out for that long. Sorry, Bob. But in honor of the ongoing efforts and contributions, I will ask once again, even if it's not at your local comic book shop, what books are we hitting up this week?
0: Well, Emory, I thought you'd never ask. So, once again, we're going to run through the uh, comics that may or may not be coming to your local comic book shops and digital devices this week. Again, we just talked about it. A lot of companies aren't putting out new issues, so a lot of these solicitations are false. <laughs> we apologize. We don't know which ones uh, because it's kind of... Harry Carey, which ones are actually being released and which ones aren't, what companies are you know starting now, and which ones are starting in the future. It's very confusing, so we're just going to read all the solicitations and hope for the best. So, yeah, this is the stuff that would, in an ideal perfect world, be coming out on time uh, to your local comic book shops and digital devices. Of course, please support your local comic book shops if you can. Uh, reach out to them if you can, and uh, maybe they have some other small way you can contribute and help them out. So, Uh, Let's jump into it. First up, from Marvel Comics, we have Cable, number two. We have Captain America, number 21. Another great Alex Ross cover, of course. Yep. We have Captain Marvel, number 17. Uh, We have Children of the Atom, number one. uh, We have Dark Agnes, number three. Who? Who? We have Deadpool number six. Yeah. We have Empire,
1: number one. Okay. Oh, another another event. <laughs> hey, there's scrolls. Another one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Next up we have Ghost Rider. Uh, sorry. Ghost nah. Actually I gotta restart because I didn't start the OBS. Oh. Nope. Sorry. Start the OBS real quick. Do, do, do. Oop, nope. Not streaming. Recording. There yeah, that's what we're doing. Good job, Chris. All right. <clears throat> Should be able to match that up. Give yourself a round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> First up from Marvel Comics, we have Cable number two. Eh. We have Captain America number 21, featuring a great Alex Ross cover, of course. Of course. We have Captain Marvel number 17. Mm. We have Children of the Atom number 1. Mm. We have Dark Agnes number 3. Who? We have Deadpool number 6.
1: Mm.
0: We have Empire number 1, the latest event
1: because that's what we need, uh just another event. That that that's what we need more of apparently. What
0: does he like to say? Another one?
1: Oh, that's what DJ Khaled likes to say. (laughs) DJ Khaled! (laughs) Hey, DJ Khaled, what do you think of this new event that's happening over at Marvel? Another one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Next up, we have Ghost Spider, number nine. We have Giant Size, X-Men, Nightcrawler, number one, with a promiscuous lady in the background there. We have Hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, number four. We have Gwen Stacy, number three. She's just, she's just getting her own book. Why not? <laughs> I guess. I mean, if her neck isn't broken, yeah.
1: <laughs> What's the point? Our favorite thing to unbreak. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: next up, we have Hawkeye Free Fall, number five. We have How to Read Comics the Marvel Way, number one. have no idea what that is, but uh, I have so many questions. I'll have to look into that. We have Marvel Tales, the original Marvel Zombies, number one. We have Morbius, number six.
1: That doesn't look like Jared Leto.
0: (laughs) We have the most-looked-forward-to title of the new year
1: oh no
2: if you <laughs> oh no. watch our uh
0: episode of uh, maybe episode 47 if i had to guess uh this was the topic of the show <laughs> Oh <laughs> no! it's very controversial uh for obvious reasons but you uh watch the trailer for it if you have the time by all means go to marvel's official channel and watch their trailer for the new warriors number one book uh, Just to give you some cliff notes, there's uh, Doro the Explorer, who's obese. There is a kid who was polluted by his uncle's experimental internet gas.
1: Uh, That that just sounds like he was farted on. (laughs) Does farting on me turn me into Ben 10? I would really like to know.
0: And then the obvious duo of Snowflake and Safe Space. Yes, those are their literal Mm -hmm. names, and their powers are not much better.
1: Oh, it hurts just to look at them. (laughs) Now,
0: (laughs) my prediction on that episode, if you remember, Mm -hmm. is that this is going to be so controversial, even Mm -hmm. though it's probably awful, (laughs) that it's going to sell like gangbusters, and people are going to buy this book just to collect it for how ridiculous it is, and just because they want to see. I wouldn't be surprised. But- because of the quarantine now, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, or if this is going to be completely forgotten about, which is kind of disappointing. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> because I...
1: then they'll have an excuse. <laughs> exactly. They're going to have an excuse. <laughs> which is
0: going to give them a reason to do it again. Oh. So, uh, again this is
1: unconscionable. If this, book this was, is...
0: if this book was meant to be satire, I'd be all about it but I. It, that's from the what trailer, a lot of
1: people have wanted to think of this book from the trailer. But, but, that does not seem the case, but no, that they're, they're serious that <laughs> they're serious. Yeah. So go watch that trailer.
0: <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Have a good <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> what a terrible endeavor. I I mean, I don't, don't want to censor anybody. If that's your creative vision and it got through the editors, you've already committed. Just go through it with it. You know, do, do what you got to do, but fuck. <laughs> uh, I I don't know who thought that was a good idea.
1: Uh, I'm going to be really curious as to how this turns out. Morbidly curious.
0: Yikes. Ugh,
1: it man. just... Ugh,
0: it Although, I'm still down for B negative. It's the only one I'm about. Even though he got
1: the briefest (laughs) amount of press time. Because he's Hot Topic Boy. What else do you
0: need to say about Hot
1: Topic Boy? Hot Hot
0: Topic Vamp Boy. I'm all (laughs) about it. (laughs) Next up, we have Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider, number five.
1: Oh, my favorite and also least favorite form of Frank Castle. I
0: mean, I guess there's sinners in space, too. (laughs) (laughs) You you know?
1: Sinners that deserve punishment.
0: Uh, I mean... Uh, Makes sense, I suppose. He
1: rides through... I just through don't the, want it. He <laughs> rides through the cosmos like he's Lobo.
0: <laughs> Next up, we have Savage Avengers, number 12.
1: Because of Conan. We have Spider-Man, number five. <laughs> Whose deadbeat one-handed dead <clears throat> is he protecting this time? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Mm.
0: We have Spider-Woman, number two. We have... Uh, Star Wars, Darth Vader, number three.
1: For you fucking nerds.
0: Emphasis on nerds. Uh, We have Symbiote Spider-Man, Alien Reality, number five.
1: Because apparently the black suit just doesn't know how to quit Spider-Man.
0: It just doesn't. It's kind (laughs) of sad. I think it needs some counseling.
1: I wish I knew how to quit you. I quit you. But you could. You won't quit me. I'll be with you. Like a like turd. A turd. <laughs> In the, the wind.
0: <laughs> uh, top 10 worst
1: movie quotes of all time
2: <laughs> oh, i love how bad that movie
0: is next up from boob entertainment otherwise <laughs> uh, known as uh, uh, dynamite, dynamite
1: Entertainment, it, it's dynamite of course we call it dynamite of course
0: yep we have death to the army of darkness number three
1: giving us prime bruce campbell <laughs>
0: Uh, of course, A Million Variants, because that's what they do.
1: Yeah, they're all about variants. So,
0: both good and bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. We have Red Sonja, Age of Chaos, number four. Hot. So get your hot, saucy, dynamite variants in there. because Oh, so bad. much sauce. There's a lot of sauce. Is it's it? like 30 different variants worth of sauce.
1: I'll be in my bunk.
0: <laughs> we have uh, Vampirella, number 10. Again, with plenty of sauce.
1: Extra sauce. Okay, I'm going back to my bunk. I'll be there for a while.
0: And that's it for Dynamite. Next up from DC Comics, we have Aquaman number 59. We have Batman number 93. <clears throat> we have
1: Batman versus Ra's al Ghul, number 6. Okay, a couple things. <clears throat> Thank you for saying Ra's al Ghul's name right.
0: <laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a lot of debate now because people are saying it's Raz now.
1: Thank you, Chris Nolan. But people were calling it Raish all the way up until officially that for a long time. And yeah. I think Raish sounds cooler. Raish sounds far cooler. They even had like on the show Arrow like a back and forth as to how to say his name. It always pissed me off. It is like it, it's Raish. It's Raish. This isn't up for debate. When I read it, it's Raish. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going with. Second of all, what is Batman doing?
0: He's uh, showing you his O face. Uh,
1: w- Why does he have his hand on his junk? <laughs> <laughs> Super jerk. <laughs> Classic. Why is Dead Man so. Appalled. Appalled and afraid. <laughs> like, oh no, Batman's got his hand on his dick. God help us all.
0: <laughs> and the Trigger Man.
1: <laughs> it's a mystery.
0: <laughs> uh, next up, we have Catwoman, 80th Anniversary 100, page super special number one. Now, a lot of these variants were contenders, but they did not win the coveted variant cover of the uh, week award so just want to shout out a lot of these covers are very cool some
1: days you just can't get rid of a bombshell
0: (laughs) (laughs) so a lot of cool different eras uh,
1: a lot of them
0: of Catwoman and variant covers very cool
1: my favorite is obviously Jim Lee
0: Jim Lee's is great
1: but that
0: I'm kind of partial for the 60s one probably because we just watched and reviewed 1966
1: Catman. Like, while we do have our favorites, these are all very, very well done covers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, next up, we have Deceased Unkillables, number three. We have He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number He-Man. six.
1: He-Man. We,
0: we have Justice League, number 45.
1: A very, very interesting version of Batman on there.
0: We have, yeah, it's kind of old school. Yeah. We have Lucifer, number 19, from the Sandman universe. We have Mad Magazine, number 13. We have Metal Men, number seven, which, despite Dan Didio stepping down, he has been working on this book. So it's cool to see that uh, no bridges have been burned. They're still working together. The Metal Men. So it must have been on fairly good standing. Uh, Next up, we have Nightwing, number 71. Um, Where Joker is clearly going to uh, (laughs) murder Nightwing.
1: Why do they hate Nightwing? I don't
0: know. (laughs) Leave
1: him alone. (laughs)
0: Uh, We have Plunge, number three. We have Scooby-Doo, where are you, number 104. (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) We have Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 10.
1: Because that's who we worry about. His... Ginger friend. We have Teen (laughs) Titans, number 41. It's a very interesting take on the Teen Titans.
0: And we have The Low, Low Woods, number 5. Ooh, Black Label. From Image Comics, we have Bitterroot, number 8. We have Decorum, (laughs) number 2. Save it. Yeah, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. We, (laughs) We have Die, Die, Die. Number 10. So intense. We have Excellence, number seven.
1: I could almost not even read that font. Good God.
0: Yeah, I can't read it at all. It kind of looks like a Black Panther the movie ripoff, though, (laughs) just based on that cover art.
1: It does. It doesn't help that they have a guy looking damn near straight up like uh, Michael B. Jordan's Eric Killmonger on the fucking cover. For sure. Uh, We have Family Tree, number six.
0: We have Hardcore Reloaded, number five.
1: What the? It, why does it look like Mike Tyson's brother getting into a gunfight? <laughs> why not? We have Nomen Omen, number
0: six. Doing the what? We have Pretty Violent, number seven. It, I would not call that book pretty. we have savage dragon number 251 Ooh, still going strong still going strong we have sonata number 10
1: interesting
0: we have spawn which it's confusing which cover is right i guess 307 because that's the most recent even though they got a bunch of variants for other ones
1: world record breaking
0: we have stealth number two huh We have Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number 42. We have Tartarus, number three.
1: So many questions.
0: And we have Undiscovered Country, number six. So a lot coming out from Image, although that's obviously in question now because they're making their stand with other publishers to try to help the retailers out. So whether those are available or not is questionable. Remains to be uh, seen. Next up from Dark Horse Comics, we have Everything 2, number 1. Again, with these numberings.
1: A little confusing.
0: We have The Incredibles 2, Slow Burn, number 3. Because, again, confusing. Pretty sure if you just called it The Incredibles, we'd still know it's The Incredibles. Yeah. Uh, It'd be pretty easy to parse out. I don't think you need to. Put the second movie number in there. Uh, next up, we have Predator Hunters 3, number three. Kill me. Again. Do it, I'm right here. Come on. With the confusing titling. We have Skull Digger plus Skeleton Boy, number
1: five. Um, Johnny Blaze called and he wants his motorcycle back. Well, I mean, he's in space, so. And, okay, that's not Johnny. That's Frank. Whatever. <laughs> don't you whatever me. I don't give a fuck anymore. <sighs>
0: I can see why you wouldn't. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) We have The Last Night of St. Hagen, number one.
1: Maybe it's Hagen. What was the first night? That's fair. Oh, oh, that's from the world of Hellboy. Okay. (laughs) From IDW
0: Publishing, we have G.I. Joe, number eight.
1: G.I. Joe.
0: We have Judge Dredd. False witness, number two.
1: I will make it legal. Oh, wait, no. I am the law.
0: (laughs) We have Marvel Action Classics, Avengers
1: starring Iron Man, number one. That's a mouthful. That is so strangely... What did they do to Spider-Man? What is with his leg? His leg looks broken. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, legitimately. What What happened?
0: It looks broken. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, from Marvel or I'm sorry it's still IDW it's yeah. a cross promotion Marvel Action Avengers number three we have Marvel Action Captain Marvel number six mm. we have Narcos number three not sure if it's based on this show or not probably we have, is we have Sleeping Beauties number one which looks interesting we have mm. Star Trek Deep Space Nine too long a sacrifice number one.
1: Oh, i just started watching that show again
0: yeah i need to go back and watch it i remember that first season being rough though
1: yeah I'm, it, a next,
0: I'm a next generation guy
1: yeah i am too but uh deep space nine is much better than i remember
0: we have star wars adventures number 32 we have teenage mutant ninja turtles number 100 wow it looks like it's the big end to the City at War storyline. Yeah, dragons in the background, too. And then we have Transformers Galaxies, number seven, which I've seen a lot of positive press on, so it might be worth picking up. Hmm. And Usagi Yojimbo Color Classics, number four. Interesting. From Titan Books, we have Life is Strange Partners in Crime, number one. That game is rough. Ha, 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 that is the most unlikable uh, cast of characters uh, I, I have possibly ever played with the exception of Assassin's Creed origins.
1: Oh my god
0: That game is so hard to get through.
1: How it's
0: very cringeworthy.
1: Who are the who are these people that they had to have based these characters on because they all are terrible
0: people. I don't want to listen to this girl whine about whales for six hours.
1: I don't care. Whining about whales and... She's so pretentious and she doesn't even realize it. Pretentious and sad about being able to time travel. Ugh. Coming to grips with her being a lesbian. The the overall
0: story is good. The, 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 The... The... the, the <laughs> okay the, the cliff notes the story are can worth be it.
1: good without the characters being likable in any sense of the word the characters are awful yeah they they're they're terrible people the writing is questionable it, it
0: <laughs> meaning the dialogue specifically
1: this is like the inverse of watching an episode of it's always sunny yeah my girlfriend and i played through that whole first season that f- first game
0: fucking (laughs) rough don't know why we subjected ourselves to it uh next up we have robotech remix number six remix uh and that is everything from them we have from boom studios alienated number three we have firefly number 16 yes we have lumberjanes number 73 oh god i hate that art style (laughs) <laughs> we have something is killing the children number seven i didn't expect that <laughs> not that i love it but i, did, I didn't expect uh your hatred yeah it, although it, i should expect it uh, that kind you have a of lot of hate to share th-
1: that when you round out everything to where everything is basically like very not well constructed circles on things it's, it's
0: kind of the modern it, cartoon
1: network art style that's what I hate. Yeah. I hate the modern art style that Cartoon Network has adopted because it is. Uh, it's lazy. It's, yeah. it's lazy and it's a little bit. boring and it's basic as fuck.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Just a little.
1: It, like, I um, don't care who knows it. it, it <laughs> it's the single reason why I will not subject myself to any Steven Universe. I agree. Straight up.
0: I 100% agree, but I don't feel that strongly about it.
1: <laughs> I do because I remember the good days of Cartoon Network.
0: You sound like such an old man. I
2: remember when they actually tried. I remember when art was good in cartoons.
1: Well, uh, back his, in my day. <laughs> kids don't know what they're watching and tell these stupid kids to get off my lawn. <laughs> back, uh, back in my day artists actually tried to articulate finer points on their characters. Yeah. Next we have The Red Mother, number 5. She's so red.
0: Very hardcore. Uh speaking of hardcore, Action Lab, jeez. Oh my god. Is a whole lot of
1: button that first yeah, one. Yeah, you think a
0: dynamite's bad? There's, there's some published a Xenoscope. There's another one, Xenoscope. <laughs> it, come I on, mean, they're not. That's <laughs> not even like anywhere close to boundless. Uh, you well, know, <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> fair. <laughs> uh, next up from Oni Press, we have Backtrack number three. We have Dryad number two. We have Rick and Morty presents the castle of Ricks number uh. one.
1: Just, I don't get it. Uh, neither do I. It's the one thing
0: I just will never understand.
1: I don't get it. I don't like it. It it's yeah. it's stupid to me. I hate it.
0: I hate it. <laughs> no people love it. I hate it. I hate it. It's too much. I hate it. Uh, from Scout Comics, we have Assassin and Son Number One, and we have Everglade Angels Number One. Again, must suck to release a uh, Number One right now. Uh, and then we have White Ash Number Four. From Archie Comics, we have Vampironica: New Blood, number four.
1: Although, wait a minute, did they did they mix a character, or did they just turn one of their characters into a vampire?
0: Uh, It's hard to say. It's I
1: there was a crossover. I'm pretty sure it's the same person, though. Okay, I was going to say... I I think it's Veronica. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we will go with that for now. (laughs) Until proven otherwise. From Valiant, we have some new... Well, a new issue.
0: (laughs) Good job, Valiant. (laughs) We're proud of you.
1: They're trying.
0: We have Doctor Tomorrow, number three. Doctor Tomorrow. From Aftershock Comics, we have Dark Red, number 10. And we have Night's Temporal, number one. Although it looks like it's a variant, so forgive us. Uh, Again, books we've talked about, or I talked about earlier for our topic of the show, slash uh, entry segment. Hotel, number two. Very saucy cover there. So much sauce. And The Resistance, number two. Both good books. Highly recommended. Go pick them up. From Vault Comics, we have Vagrant Queen, A Planet Called Doom, number four. From Lion's Forge. I always make it plural. Lion Forge Comics. I apologize. I always make it plural. Catalyst Prime, Seven Days, number seven. Covered done by my favorite current artist, which is Stepan Sajic, of course. Stepan Sajic. Fucking love you. Keep doing what you're doing. Because it's so good. So good. And that... Is everything coming to your local comic
1: book shops again? Please support your local comic book shops
0: and digital devices this week, of course, assuming you know your comic shops open. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> retailer or publishers aren't restraining their publication on digital platforms. So, big asterisk. Now, it's time that we hand out the prestigious, nay life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week from hit the books podcast this week our cover of the week is awarded to none other than kenneth rockefort on dr tomorrow number three so i am a big fan of kenneth rockefort i Mm -hmm. i I mean, I've seen a lot of his work and a lot of DC properties. I think he did a a good chunk of, uh, I want to say, action comics and Green Lantern. I might be remembering that incorrectly, but I've, I know he did a lot of DC stuff, um, cover-wise especially. But uh, I I think the thing that he really stood out in is the book Sideways, which... Uh, was part of the new era of DC Heroes, where they basically introduced a lot of diverse characters with new stories, new powers, new origins. Uh, completely new, um, for the most part, and introduced them on their own book. Gave them a nice, great publishing platform and release. Honestly, I'd say, like, 75% of them were great. Sideways was one of them. The only thing hurting sideways <laughs> is the fucking name.
2: <laughs> the name is
0: terrible. It's terrible. And really, yeah. I, I, the book ended at 12 issues, I believe, uh, which is really disappointing because it was very good. But the name was just killing it. Absolutely killing But the artwork was outstanding. And Kenneth Rockefeller was a big part of that. Um, so I'm really glad to give the award to him uh now i think it's his first time receiving the award of cover of the week um and this of course it's a valiant cover which we haven't had a valiant cover on the cover variant cover of the week in a long long time Uh, yeah valiant has kind of unfortunately been underwhelming as far as releasing material both a on time and b at all (laughs) uh so i'm really happy to see this issue come out with a really excellent very highly detailed very cool Uh, cover featuring Dr. Tomorrow done by Kenneth Rockford, of course. And the thing that always gets me about Rockford's style is that it looks like a pencil. It looks like an initial pencil and ink illustration, even though the coloration's there, it still retains that first like
1: someone who just drew this by freehand yeah it looks like a commission
0: every single cover by him looks like a commissioned work because of how the art is very subtle in terms of coloration decoration It you can see all the lines and the shading very clearly um so again great artist really been deserving of the award for a long time and this just happened to be a really strong week for him uh, where he could overcome the competition, of course. And uh, really, really proud to announce that Kenneth Rockford is our cover artist of the week. Congratulations. It's a number three issue. So sh- we should be able to find out whether the content matches the drapes uh, within a reasonable amount of time. So look forward to that. Um,
1: you have anything to add to it? Uh, I really like the way that the uh, that he's blocked the shot as it were. Um, so we have the the details of there's something that looks like some kind of like smoke or gas coming off this guy's shoulder. He's got rubble on him. He looks like he's bleeding from his face and his mask is all messed up and there seems to be damage to the wall behind him. Yeah. And this is very clearly the kind of... This is the kind of cover... That already gives you a feel of the action that you can expect within these pages. This is the kind of thing that looks exciting. It looks like I walked into the middle of a movie where I, I'm like watching like one of the big action sequences. Like, ooh, ooh, what I miss?
0: Yeah, it's it's excellent. It's provocative. It makes you wonder what the situation is, what caused this. It, it's just a great action shot. I would happily have this as just a, a private piece, you know, not unlike Jim Lee's, you know, 60 days of illustrations for a charity. Yeah. Uh, just really love it. Really impressed by it. I've always I've always been impressed by his work. Uh, so I'm really happy we get to give the award to him this week. So Kenneth Rockfort, congratulations. Now let's move on to the prestigious Nay Life Changing Award, a variant cover of the week. This one this is one that uh, Emery was giggling about while we were going through the reveals. You might have noticed it. You might mm-hmm. have not. It's bitterroot number eight, the Chris Visions cover, which is a tribute <laughs> to the cover of Purple Rain <laughs> 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 featuring Prince. Uh, it's excellent. It's ridiculous. Uh, I love the colors. I love how they captured the purple rain. <laughs> poster. What?
1: Poster. Mad Lad in editorial asked this artist to recreate Purple Rain as a comic book cover. My and why has no one tried to do this before? I'm sure
0: people have. But uh this is definitely one I didn't expect i <laughs> It doesn't seem like the story has anything to do with prince uh not at all, or prince's it... subject matter mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it just seems like
1: something fun that they wanted to do, and they did it and this made me think all that power m- to him this made me think that maybe there was a movie that Prince directed that I was unaware of. <laughs> Or that there was a song called "Bitter Root" that I wasn't aware of. It, 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 look at this cover. I mean, the lighting, like the gas effects, the 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 very obviously posed rider and bike. <laughs>
0: Bitterroot, root. Bitter
2: root. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's...
1: maybe you should purify yourself in the waters of Lake, Lake Minnetonka. Minnetonka.
2: <laughs> 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 Game <laughs> blouses
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. This, I fucking love it. It's though.
2: wonderful.
0: I, I want it as a giant poster on our wall. I oh my I, god. I, I don't know if this is possible. Oh uh, But image, please. Chris Visions, please reach out to us. If this is a possibility, please send us a link. We'll be happy to pay. <laughs> we need this for the set. Oh my. If god. you can sign it even better.
1: This is. We uh, would
0: love you forever. <laughs> uh, we need this, please. I am begging you. <laughs> give this to us as a poster,
1: please.
0: We will pay whatever you ask, whatever your ransom is. <laughs> you know, obviously, <laughs> we're two broke guys doing a passion project, but <laughs> you know, be merciful. <laughs> Look at this. But uh, yeah, it's so good. It's it's fucking amazing. I, uh, I and, and uh, not to be disrespectful, it's not. Just because it's an iconic image does not the reason it got the award exclusively. It got the award because it's fucking good. Like, oh, yeah. The colors, the way they're mixed together is perfect. As the steam surrounding the characters, perfect. The characters are well drawn. The motorcycle's well drawn. Uh, the aesthetic is very consistent from beginning to end. Uh, perfect three-dimensional foreground uh and uh yeah. background depth to the image
1: he even truth the reflection in the water on the ground exactly oh it's my just,
0: god the attention to detail <laughs> is there <laughs> on top of it being ridiculously awesome iconic imagery so uh we there was a lot of good contenders for the variants of the week this week like we're talking about the catwomans are the first ones that come to mind um just at the top of my head uh, but the, we had, like, nine that we were trying to choose from. But this one just stood out so strongly. We just, <laughs> we we need this. Please.
1: Please. Please. Please.
0: Find a way to get this to us. If we're, you're listening, watching,
1: or in any way supporting us, we're very grateful. But also, please. We're begging. I we will need purify myself in the waters of Lake Manitonka if you give me this. If you do it in January. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, there's ways we can make this very entertaining for you. Oh, oh, easily. Just easily. Make it happen. Oh. And we will add it to the set for everybody to enjoy. Oh,
1: my God. For the rest of
0: time. Or at least as long as the internet's around.
1: Bitter root. Bitter root.
2: <laughs> <Ow>!
1: <laughs> oh, man. It's, oh. it's so good. Please come join us. In the revolution.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, so,
0: finally, big congrats once again to Chris Visions. You did an awesome job. We fucking love the cover. Yes. It's ridiculous, but we love it.
1: Thank you. Even if we don't get that print somehow... Thank you. No, we're going to get this print. But we contact got us. Okay, please get it. Contact us. It contact us. Yeah, please. You can reach us on Twitter at HDBVids. <laughs> you can reach
0: us on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash hit the books. You can email us at hit the books vids at gmail.com. You can go to our website, hdbvids.com. There's a contact us page in the menu. Find a way. Comment on our YouTube channel, whatever you got to do. DM us. You know, send a dick pic if you have to. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. God. just find a way to get us this poster please
1: please thank you for making this but please somehow get this to us oh my god thank you
0: <laughs> now it's a number 8 it'll be hard to catch up on but I'll try my best uh, image... I, I,
1: I will clear some shit out just to make up for that I will, oh. never,
0: I will never complain about having to read an image book so yeah. Uh, once again big congratulations to Valiant uh, the Doctor Tomorrow number 3 main cover by Kenneth Rockerfort and once again big congratulations to Better Route number 8 the Chris Visions variant cover from Image Comics all right well, I think that's the perfect place to end the show. Uh, we've had some long episodes in recent uh, weeks, <laughs> this one is no exception, Nope, <laughs> <laughs> which is why we're not doing a topic of the show, because we did drone on quite a bit at the entry. Yep, and AWA was the big thing I wanted to focus on, the new company launching new product and having goddamn good stories to tell. Oh, yeah. Again, this is not sponsored at all in any way, shape, or form. Yep. You know, Kerry Andrews warmed me up a little bit with uh, his nice <laughs> little comment on our page, but that's not the reason why. The books were legitimately good and left a very good impression on me so yeah these are that is why i am singing the praises of these books again sorry carrie andrews i still need to year- read your zero it's next on the list <laughs> i apologize that the one book i didn't read was the last one in alphabetical order which is yeah, alphabetical
1: zero. order that that's what that's what hurt us this time
0: so sorry about that i will get to it this week so uh once again like I just said, you can reach us on <laughs> Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com forward slash hit the books. You can hit us, hit us up on Twitter at HTB <laughs> Vids, You can email us at vids at gmail.com. You can talk to us on comments on any of our platforms, although YouTube's the one that we're actually going to notice if you're comment on our podcast services we appreciate good reviews constructive reviews thumbs up high ratings anything that'll help us spread the word we're very appreciative of that we do have a patreon page patreon.com forward slash hit the books if you are uh, able and ready to contribute and help us sustain the show we would be very grateful there's some tiers you can take advantage of there as well so there are some award tiers and we have awarded several of them out in the past Uh, so thank you to both current and former contributors we're very grateful to all of you um, I think that's everything. Yeah. Uh, anything I forgot, Emory? Bob,
1: <sighs> I think this has been a mediocre edition of Hit the Books.
0: Thank you for watching. We love you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Keep your hands out of your eyes. And you know, just be nice to each other. Do all
1: of those things. For the most part, unless they deserve it, don't be nice to Safe Space. Be really mean. Be really mean to Safe Space and Snowflake until someone either gives them better powers or a better redesign for the love of fucking God, <laughs> or make just make them satire. <laughs> I'll be a, Or or go satire. Sat- I'll be t- as nice as you want if yeah. it's satire. <laughs>
0: God, I can't believe this book exists. All right. uh, Speaking of negativity, that's (laughs) (laughs) mediocre in a nutshell. Yep. We love you. Goodbye.